0: Vladimir Putin is demanding that all unfriendly nations now purchase oil from them in the ruble, that it doesn't make sense for them to take U.S. dollars or euro, and thus Europe will now have to buy gas for them from them in their own currency, and thus begins perhaps the end of the petrodollar. If you thought gas was expensive now, well, you're in for a surprise, man. It's going to get a whole lot worse considering Russia is a major exporter of fossil fuels, of energy, of gas, of oil. We also have to contend with a major food crisis, which is coming, and I hope you've been paying attention to this one, because Russia also exports massive amounts of fertilizer, which we are now not getting, and planting season is coming up. Harvest will be in fall. Food stores last about three months, so we'll see how this plays out. Hopefully, it is not the apocalypse, but uh, things may be getting crazy. The New York Times is writing about smaller nuclear weapons, which could make a nuclear war without ICBMs blowing up a whole bunch of cities, which is basically what I've been talking about for some time. We've also got a story about Redditors posting their location in Ukraine, volunteering for the Foreign Legion, and getting all of these soldiers killed. So, uh man, what a day. And of course, we can talk about Patreon banning Sidney Watson.
1: Joining us to talk about all of that is a couple people. We got Elijah Schaefer. We are back in the studio, Tim. I am happy to be here. It's been, what, like a year since uh, Black Lives Matter and Antifa were burning down your neighborhood right outside there. And they're back, by the way. Did you see well, that? We're in West
0: Virginia. I mean... I guess technically well, DC is not that far
1: away. Yeah, but I meant like, so we're back. I feel like it was time to be back on the show because Antifa is back. You saw Vice News said tiny dicks are back in, in oh, uh, fashion. My. They actually, that was on, that was on their news channel. Mm-hmm. They said they're back in fashion. This, this was a news headline. Tiny penises are back in fashion. <laughs> and according to old Western tradition, like the statue of David. And I thought this, check this out. It makes sense that Antifa would be back in action because if tiny penises are cool again, then Antifa would have to be cool that again. So, cool, so it's like it's like they're both one and the same. And I'm happy to be here, dude. I'm happy.
0: I mean, me. it sounds like they're proud of it, though. You mm. know? Oh
1: yeah, they're they're very they're very very proud. I mean, of it, it
0: actually kind of sounds like a, some kind of like. Sour cool. grapes. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I
1: just said this. I go, you know what? There is the correlation, but I feel like this is a, I feel like I always say 2022 now feels like 2018 all over again. It's like we're back to talking about transgender issues. Antifa's back in the news. We're paying too much for gas. I mean, I don't know what's going on, but I feel like we've hit the arc. We've gone full circle and we're just back to the same issues. You see, you see Joe Biden mentioning the fourth turning the other day.
0: We'll talk about that <laughs> stuff towards the end of the war, but, uh, so, so what, what do you do? I think most people know who you are, to be honest, but what's your, what do you do for a living?
1: Uh, well, to all the haters who, uh, Wanted me to get arrested for being inside the Capitol building. Guess who just got their press license renewed oh, from the Capitol snap. building today? Oh, so uh, it looks like things are still good there. I'm a journalist, reporter, and I also run a podcast called Slightly Offensive Uh and also a podcast called You Are Here that's live every night. It's been a ton of fun and a ton of craziness. But guess what? I'm out of retirement because things are crazy again. So we're back to reporting. We're back on the field. That's why I'm in D.C. and uh Just
0: got back from Ukraine, I hear.
1: Yeah, so... <laughs> This is kind of crazy.
0: I'm joking. No, it's, no, but it's, it's, no, not, it's not. It's
1: not. It's not. the Ukraine you were thinking of. Is the Ucluck? So your Chicken City account uh, down downstairs, the the uh, live chicken farm that's now on that YouTube channel. That's right. I was in Ucluck and I was like trying to figure out what I was gonna do. I was trying to make sure I saved the Ucluckians, and then <laughs> and then I guess what who I saw. The ghost of chicken Kiev. Oh yeah. He oh yeah. Was, oh, okay. He was flapping and saving all the little Save baby the chickens. chickens and and He I took mean, out
0: six six uh, <laughs> uh, chicken hawks. He did, he yeah. Did. He did. He <laughs> took out
1: six <laughs> chicken hawks and then they sh- they shot out his wing with the little pellets, the oh, chicken pellets, but then he got into he got another bionic wing and sort of like saved the day. So I'm feeling optimistic for Western chicken society and uh you know, there's a lot of chickens in our society now. We've seen a lot, you know, going around. One of them's running the country, so I'm happy to be here.
0: And you have someone joining you today.
1: Oh, the beautiful, the <laughs> lovely, recently banned on Twitter for telling too much truth, Savannah Hernandez from Rapid Fire Podcast.
2: Elijah Schaefer, long time no see. It's just like, uh, you know, two weeks ago I was producing your podcast. Now we're here on Tim Pool together. Uh, Tim, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. I am uh, so excited to be here. You know, I've always wanted to come on your show. You actually used to follow me back in the day when I was doing riot reporting. Then I got deleted off the face of the earth, so oh. I was never able to prove myself to you. Oh. So I decided to start another Twitter account, right? Because uh, I was producing for Elijah Schaefer, worked with Alex Jones for a while. Then I was like, let me focus in on the independent reporting, really go all in for 2022. It's election season. Uh, yeah, got banned again, so, uh, it's a lot of fun out in these streets, you know, trying to tell the truth.
3: Well, all right. Well, of course, Ian's here. It's like running through a fire, and if you don't run fast <laughs> enough, you start to get burned. Just keep running.
2: Oh, yeah. Mm. Keep going. Yeah. Don't stop.
3: Move. Uh, and hold your breath while you're doing it. You just don't have to breathe in. You just breathe out when you need to breathe out. You actually absorb the oxygen through your skin. Lydia, yes. I have a gift for you. Uh, yes. Oh, oh, what is it? What's the gift? I'm I have so two curious. two gifts for you to choose from. <gasps> oh, cool. What color do you like? Dark blue. Well, it's, it's purple.
2: Oh, oh, it's purple. Oh, cool. I guess it's
3: a kind this of This is how pill. we found out this she's a, colorblind. You know, you this said is a hundred you hundred-sided die. You
1: <laughs> said, so I didn't get a gift, so I'm feeling a little no, bit I left, I didn't know know you're left out. I know you were coming
3: tonight. Well, You can hold this. I can,
2: can come hold any it? night. There you go. Oh, Woo, let me know what you that roll. You said that you wanted I've to prove yourself. I've never seen dice with so many sides. I know, well. it's crazy. You want to prove
1: yourself to Tim? Yeah. I taught you well. prove yourself to the white man. There you go. What do you mean? How so? All you've wanted was my approval, and I'm telling you right here on the show, I always accepted you.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much. All I've ever it's wanted so, was a so white man's approval. Now that's I'm surrounded by white men. That's all she's paint. wanted. She oh, said, beautiful. as long as white men approve me, that's the narrative. As long as, as they it's true. You, you've made it in line. Savannah,
3: America. here's another 100 sided die for you. There's thank so
2: you, many
1: thank to you. go around. Anyway, oh I have gosh. my purple dice now. I'm very happy. I'm here in the corner <laughs> pushing buttons as I always am. Let's get into this ad.
0: Go to TimCast.com. Support us directly if you want to watch our members-only podcasts. We put them up Monday through Thursday at 11 p.m., so we'll have one tonight. And as a member at TimCast.com, you are keeping all of our journalists employed so they can write articles every day about news you can use, things that you care about. And we do a lot of fact-checking, a lot of aggregation, and a lot of original original reporting. We have field reporters, on-the-ground reporters, and we are going to be hiring many more reporters as we are actually looking to hire a couple more people. And I think we're we're actually bringing on two more uh, employees, thanks to all of you how they make this company grow. And we're building our new headquarters as we speak. That being said, you must smash the like button, subscribe to this channel, and share the show with your friends if you really want to help. Let's read this first story from the New York Post. Ladies and gentlemen, Putin demands unfriendly countries use rubles to buy Russian oil and gas. Russia was hit with crippling economic sanctions after it launched a massive military campaign against Ukraine a month ago. But efforts to isolate Russia economically are complicated by the fact that the European Union is dependent on Moscow for oil and natural gas that is used to heat homes during the winter. With the financial noose tightening and the European Union split on whether to sanction Russia's energy sector, Putin hit back with a clear message. If you want your gas, buy our currency. Russia will continue, of course, supply natural gas in accordance with volumes and prices fixed in previously concluded contracts, Putin said in a televised meeting with top government ministers. Imagine being NATO and the EU and not seeing this coming. Hmm. This is, this is Joe Biden's efforts. I got, I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm, I just gonna, I gotta blame Joe Biden for this one. I mean, this is his administration in the United States, very much so the US leads NATO. Vladimir Putin effectively getting off the petrodollar, requiring Europe to buy oil and gas in rubles. It's, 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 it's breaking the one thing the United States actually has control over or what, what the one thing that we actually get value out of it is that we control our own currency, which we make everybody buy to buy oil. So this is going to be a global fracturing. A global parallel economy is emerging. Already, we heard that Saudi Arabia was in discussions with China to start buying oil in yuan. Threats of world war three, chaos, prices going through the roof. How you guys doing?
1: I was say it's part of the plan, definitely. I mean, besides inflation and like the supply chain breaking up, and you know, there's transgender swimmers beating out women, mm-hmm. and we're having gay pride parades in children's schools teaching them how to tuck their scrotum to their butthole, and. Children's medical hospitals, true story. Um Big, big, big uh, <sighs> uh, sidestep from yeah. Vladimir Putin and gas prices. Yeah, well, but... I was going to say, besides all that, obviously the best thing that I've heard all year is that our money might lose all of its value and it might actually be worthless. And I know this is on purpose because, I mean, if you think about destabilization of Venezuela, talk about the invasion of Libya, you even talk about a little bit what was going on in Syria and what happened in Iraq, when leaders try to take the oil trade off the U.S. dollar, if they tried to do anything, right, the global currency or the African currency Mm -hmm. in Libya, I mean... You end up getting sadamized and murdered in your S- own country. Sadamized. Yeah, <laughs> sadamized. Hung. Yeah. I know you get, you get hung. You get, you get let out. And so, I mean, if for the last like 100 years, especially the last few decades, if somebody tried to do this, we basically just wiped them out. It makes me wonder if we're going to allow this to happen, specifically not just with the ruble, but also with Saudi Arabia and specifically the Yuan in China. Is this part of Klaus Schwab's World Economic Forum idea to tor- sort of destabilize one empire and create a trifecta in, no, in this no. movement?
0: People give that guy way too much credit. He, I think he's a bad guy. I think it's not he, him, but
1: the world economic forum is 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 a is an agreement among nations to kind of see us like a lot of bureaucrats, specifically like in uh, Washington, obviously don't see America as the greatest country in the world. We're like a country, and there's this movement towards a central well, haven't you, currency.
0: Haven't you read about the limer, liberal world order?
1: The liberal world order.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah you're not familiar. Uh, enlighten me. Uh, let me let me let me see if I can pull it up. I'm like, so
2: there's another world order that we need to be paying attention to. No, no, no,
0: no, no. You you need to understand when they're talking about the new world order, they're talking about the end of the liberal world, world order and the emergence of a new world order. So this is the Council on Foreign Relations website certified by NewsGuard 100 out of 100. What is the liberal world order? After World War II, the deadliest conflict in human history, countries sought to ensure the world would never again devolve into such horrific violence. World leaders created a series of international organizations and agreements to promote global cooperation on issues including security, trade, health, and monetary policy. The United States has championed this system known as the liberal world order for the past 75 years. During this time, the world has enjoyed unprecedented peace, unprecedented peace and prosperity. You know, I would dispute that last sentence, but... um, I wouldn't dispute everything else they're saying. The Council on Foreign Relations overtly says, after World War II, global cooperation from powerful world leaders, creating international organizations sought to secure the planet, um, you know, creating policies on security, trade, health and monetary policy. When Joe Biden says that there's going to be a new world order, this is what the new world order means. When Bush said it, When H.W. Bush, when Clinton, when Hillary Clinton, when they all say this, what they're saying is the liberal world order will come to an end and there will be a new world order. What, you you what, know what, what's Tim? that specifically called? I don't know.
2: This rhetoric is the exact same rhetoric that you read in the UN's Agenda 2030. I actually printed that out. I was reading through it. This is the exact same type of thing that they're trying to propose, right? This utopian-like society where everything's great and we have all of these organizations that are helping the world, pushing peace and prosperity. But in reality, we see when put into practice, what this actually looks like. Look at our streets right now. Look at Democrat-run cities, if you will. Look at liberal policy actually put into play. Our insi- entire country is indicating K. We're deteriorating from the inside. Uh, you know, we have a president in office who is incapable of even forming a coherent sentence. A lot of people say that Joe Biden has, uh, you know, done a horrible job as president. Well, he's done a great job of one thing, destroying this country in record time.
0: Yeah, he did it really quickly, huh? Yeah, fast, really quick. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Fast. You got to give him credit for that. I mean, yeah, wow. It
3: feels credit. like it was tipping and then he stepped into the pilot seat just as it fell off the ledge. Although like, they did oversee the printing of like 7 or 8 trillion dollars in the last year and a half, you, you, which is terrible policy. A
2: little bit problematic, I would you say. You ever uh you, you ever
0: watch spend Mr. Magoo?
2: Mr. I call my
1: dog Mr. Magoo. <laughs> you know,
0: you know Mr. Magoo like <laughs> he can't see and so he's like bumbling around and like getting into all sorts of shenanigans. You know, it's like an old man. Oh yeah. That's like, Big that's bulbous like. All the Yeah, that's like losing Joe Biden. His glasses.
3: Well,
1: don't, don't you feel though when you hear this? that we've all been sold a lie. And, and I even got duped into this being, uh, from Los Angeles, like actually born and raised in, in Southern California right there, that there was this sort of lie that we were sold that is clearly unraveled now, that you could have this sort of liberalism in this mecca, that you could have your cake and eat it too. Like you could have money, you could have freedom, you could have immigration, you could have multiculturalism, and you could kind of create this bastion of utopia Smack dab in, in a desert, right? Even your water, even though you don't have natural water sources, right in LA. And as we've seen, it divulge over the years, or, or, or develop, and, and also then decline, is that, it didn't end up really working that well, because obviously when you have all these cultures together, they ended up self-segregating. LA is one of the most segregated regions in the country. It is insane. It is to the point where you can like tell you where the Jews live, where the Mexicans live, where the El Salvadorians live. Go in like Chicago, but in New yeah, York. Yeah, I know, what I'm saying like it's, but I'm saying it, you know, it obviously is, is touted as being diverse, but it's really segregated. Then the wealth disparity, there's a shrinking middle class, I mean, and the, the confusion, the laws are not enforced, it's pretty absolutely crazy. So I feel like, genuinely this liberal world order like you said that they're doing away with is an interesting way to get people complacent because when you create a liberal society that's not based on tradition or nationalism or values but this idea of personal liberty individualism you start getting into your you know your pot of choice your vices you get into your porn addictions you get you you know you uh, pursue your career rather than family and everyone is just kind of like fighting they give up their guns they're not focused on things like self-protection and gathering and self-sufficiency etc and then we end up kind of well, complacent there's
0: contra- well but- the, there's a contradiction in there i mean people 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 who are, who believe in individualism individualism and civil liberties don't give up their guns.
1: Well, that's what I'm saying. It it literally was a deception because that's what I'm saying. They they gave us this form of liberalism, this absolute kind of their developed form of like, you can have peace in your countries. The wars won't be fought there. You can make a lot of money. Things can be really good. Your kids can all go to college. And then once we were all in these places, everyone's on anti-anxiety and antidepressant pills. People are unhappy. They're not satisfied with their lives. If you look at how happy people are, they're not full of joy. They're not content. They're not satisfied. We're very divided. And now we're all in this place where we don't have anything to unify us. We don't have a common religion. Not even really a common language, because I'm not talking about Spanish. Like, I'm not, have you ever heard someone under 16 talk?
3: I don't, Not lately. I
1: can't. I can't tell what they're talking about. Yeah, but, but like, I'm like it's that's like cap- most
3: oh, leet speak.
0: Yeah. yeah,
1: I just, I just meant they divided Leet-speak, us, so then they used it to
0: weaken us.
3: LeetSpeak speak is a millennial thing, dude. Yeah. yeah. Wait, what yeah, is, is this? Leet-speak, leet, it's L 33 T leet speak. It's just the way you type like words faster with numbers. One three three seven. Oh, interesting.
0: A oh, one three three seven. My fault. Yeah, but that's that's an internet culture thing that goes back a long time. I mean, if you're talking about the slang terms used by kids yeah that's...
2: But, but that's what i'm saying
1: though is that language is changing in a way where it's like each generation can't even effectively communicate with each other not just through language but through the mediums are changing so rapidly even look at the app development and app usage based off of age range i mean we are divided and categorized to a point to where it's the perfect time to where we can't even we can't even agree on basic things like on you know people are still divided on what happened in 2020 people today can't even agree on the most basic science on what is a man you know, and what is a woman it's a perfect opportune time to 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 retire the current liberalism and then institute whatever the hell you want because we're too divided and too weak and complacent I believe to really effectively fight anything like I don't think there's anything to fight for or like we don't we don't even know what we would be fighting to preserve
0: there's a great meme right now where it says it shows the clip from the world from the world economic forum saying you will own nothing and you will be happy Then it says, you know, journalists say the Great Reset is a conspiracy theory, and the next one is the Bloomberg article saying, give up meat for lentils. (laughs)
2: Let your dog die. Let (laughs) your dog die. Yeah. And you know what? And (laughs) people (laughs) are like,
0: you'll own nothing and you'll be happy.
2: (laughs) I, I wanted to pop in on what you were saying, too, on the entire manipulation of our language. So he and I were actually having a conversation on the way up here, and it's kind of insane how we now are saying biological male or biological female. Now we're saying actual science as opposed to what the left's version of science. Is the language has been so manipulated now that, like Elijah said, in the common day we can't even just decide on what basic science is anymore. Well,
0: I, I, I kind of disagree. I think what happened is you have like American society moving up, and then at some point the left started budding off like mm-hmm. some kind of fungus. Like I mean that like I don't I don't mean that as disparaging. I mean literally like fungus buds and then you know separates. Yeah, and that's what it is. Like so, people who are in the middle or on the right who believe, you know, words have meaning and, you know, uh, history exists, mm-hmm. stayed going down the same path, following history, following the lessons of our ancestors. And then this new group of people split off, and they have a different language, they have a different worldview, they believe crazy things. Different
2: reality, really.
0: Totally different reality. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's not... I, if you were to say that language changed, it would, it would be to imply that those people have legitimacy. Mm-hmm. Now, I certainly think they control institutions. I certainly think that they How is it not legitimacy,
1: games. though? I mean, if you have power... That's what's kinda of
3: cool. Like well that's was-
0: that's the that's their mentality, is there's no truth but power. I I disagree. I think they're completely illegitimate because they make up random words that are meaningless. And you ask a Supreme Court justice to define "woman," and just I can't. And I'm like, okay, you're illegitimate and incompetent if you can't define a basic word. The same woman who said I can't define the word "woman" literally a minute later said Roe v. Wade is about a woman's right to terminate a pregnancy. And I'm yeah. like, what? What? What are you talking about? You just said you didn't know what what wo- you could define the word. To now me, it was you're so using baffling the
2: word. to me because uh, so uh, again, I covered the NCAA's uh, last week, and there was pro LGBTQ protesters there, you know, standing up for Leah Thomas. And I'm standing there talking to these college age kids and it's such a surreal moment when you have someone look at you in your face and go, yes, A woman can have a penis. Yes, men can get pregnant. And yes, men can have periods. And again, you know, this is rhetoric that we've seen time and time again. This is nothing new. But actually hearing somebody say that to to your face, bold face, completely believing it, just shows me how far gone we've become like as a country to where there's no basis in reality at all anymore.
0: This is why people talk about national divorce. Mm -hmm. It's why they talk about civil war. It's not so much about look. I, I don't care. Those people can believe whatever they want. They can watch whatever movies they want to make yeah. and do that. And then what do we get? We get the Daily Wire making their own razors. We get the Daily Wire making their own movies. Mm-hmm. We are certainly interested in moving that direction as well with our own cultural content. We just need to stop trying to be a part of their club. That's that's one of the most frustrating things to me. Like I don't care if these people walk around thinking that they're you know uh, uh, clowns juggling bananas. Like that's cool, dude. You do your thing, man. I'm going to be hanging out here with my friends, like having a beer and playing guitar. That's our thing. You do your thing. But the problem is conservatives keep begging to be in their club and they need to stop doing it. Republicans do it all the time. They're, they freak out because right now GOP racist is trending on Twitter. It's
2: like, so what? Who cares? Tim, they're so weak and pathetic. There's so many spineless rhinos in our Congress right now, in our just political space as a whole. They're so spineless. They're so pathetic. And the reason why conservatism as a whole has completely deteriorated is because people like Matt Schlapp, who is supposed to be the creator of the Conservative Political Action mm-hmm. Committee, is coming forward and saying, oh, Leah Thomas's journey, we really need to have empathy about it because, uh, you know, her story is important. Are you freaking kidding me right now? I, I is pathetic in the modern day. Well, it
0: is. I com- I agree with that, but I also agree with what Matt was saying. If these women at the NCAA don't care to speak up, if none of the- if none of their family members will speak up, then they deserve they deserve whatever whatever their experience yeah, is. But See, that's
2: not what Matt was saying. Matt was saying that he thinks that we should have empathy towards Leah Thomas. I completely disagree. Again, I'm not a female athlete. I'm not the one that should be protesting. You and I were actually talking about this uh before the start of the show. Why did these females even compete with Thomas? Why did because these they females— Because they like it, have, It's because yeah. you no, no, to no, no, be no. this tall uh, to this, play professional sports. So <laughs> this really. That's really
0: <laughs> This is one of the most frustrating things to me because the NCAA women have— publicly come out and agreed with leah thomas and supported her and the only person who didn't the only person so far to come out complaining is the person who got bumped by one space 16th place
2: but that got deleted what teammate so that is who I interviewed last week. That's the news we broke. Tucker Carlson played it on his show. Her teammate, Rose Pouch, uh, she spoke out on behalf of her, said her teammate was crying. Oh, right. Because but she, she was wasn't 17. in the finals either, right? Uh, no, she was in the final. She got first oh, okay. place in the 200 uh, yard free. She spoke out against Leah Thomas because she watched her teammate cry as Thomas took that final spot. Again, uh, I can't pronounce her name correctly. Rick.
0: Rekha Rucker- 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 Yes,
2: that's her yeah. name. Uh, she was okay, a- well, I can year respect senior. someone
0: coming out and actually speaking Yes, so up that's- That's, that's what I'm
2: saying, Tim. So it's like, it's not that all of these athletes aren't speaking out, it's that they're being completely silenced. Now, we made national news with that. It's completely been deleted off of Twitter. You can't find it anywhere. All of the national news articles that were linked to her interview, completely gone right. now.
1: Right The point in this that I wanna- that I wanna bring up is, first of all, Matt Schlapp saying that we need to have empathy on this person's journey, who, by the way, has a- clear and and present bulge, actually bigger than mine. So I'm taking some notes here. But I will say, you know, that's that's completely crap. And conservatism definitely is in the position to where people are fighting to conserve things that do not exist and have not existed for some time, including this entire country for at least a 100 years as they've been uh, we've been uh, developing into some crazy globalist empire. But with the specific thing with with the the swimmers, I don't think it's enough to just say like it's their fault because we've gotten used to everybody in every field, in every department, institution. We already assume they have to be activists because everybody, everybody seems to be one. Journalists are activists. Professors are activists. And now we're saying, look, there's people who just want to swim. They do not want to get involved in political things. In fact, one of the the greatest things I have found and has kept me sane has been lifting weights, getting back in shape. And I go onto Twitter and I put like one thing up like, yeah, hey, you know, I did my five by five at 225 on chest. I'm excited to hit a goal. And there's all these bros that get in there that are like, oh, man, what's your squat? What's your this? What's your that? And I'm like, dude, you're complicating something. I picked up heavy things. I put them back down. <laughs> yep. I know there's a science to this. I know people get really involved. I'm not doing that. Where I'm are these to, girls' dads? Well, no, but there's a point to be said to this, though. Good there's question, a, Tim. But there's a, there's a point to be said. That's why I don't care. No, no, because but here's the point. What you're asking for, and I'm saying this genuinely, some people, I, I know people that are into swimming, for instance, and they just do it to clear their mind. They do it to get their mind off the the road and focus on the goal.
0: Tim, what's your point?
1: My point is, as I'm saying, people always try to complicate things. A lot of these swimmers are put in a tough position. That they, they, their scholarships might ride on this, they might come from impoverished families. Too bad. Listen, and maybe that, just maybe, when you're, when you're focused on breaking generational, like, wealth gaps, and you go to a nice school, and you're trying to swim and get your family out of that poverty, That idea of getting out of poverty is more important to you than a social issue like transgenders, and you don't know what to do. So what's happening in our world is no matter who's out there, we are demanding of them to be political activists. What should be happening is this discussion should be happening at a senior level with administrators and with individuals who are put in those political positions to try to debate whether something is ethical. But the swimmers themselves, I don't blame them for not knowing what to do because like that girl who was scared, these are genuine people who are going, even if I speak out, Will it change anything? And they don't have, they're not, they don't, they can't have, they can't afford what you well, and, and
0: me do. No no, 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 We're stopping right there, bro. I am sick and tired of hearing about spineless people who don't stand up for themselves, who think they're entitled to everything. That's one of the big issues I have with the left. They come out and they say, we should get free college. We should get free that I shouldn't have to do anything for it. These swimmers won't come out. Their dads won't come out. Their moms won't come out. Now there was one woman who spoke anonymously. And then you come here and you say, they don't have all of this, Bro. Not only did I come from the gutter, but I've consistently stood up for my values. I've had people on this show who have been censored over and over again. And I know there are hard limitations because there are certain things that makes that's difficult for either you or I to talk about on our shows. But I quit a corporate gig. I tried to break a contract with millions of dollars because they wanted me to do woke woke BS. Now, for me, I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying anybody has to have my back on that. I'm saying I take care of myself. I don't think I'm entitled to or owed anything so when I'm at a company and they say you want the money we're paying you we have you under contract you're going to do woke stuff I said no I won't and they said well you better and I said I guess I'll just sit here or you can break my contract but they you're said, a political no. commentator yeah, though can I, give I was not this a this political commentator when to, I worked for to, ABC to some
1: extent though but you're in the visuals you're into somewhat of entertainment Like a lot no, of these people bro, bro. are just athletes and they're like dude I didn't ask for this I a- don't that's want this and of the they're, 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 they're trying to a it out. I athletes "We got to them some time. they don't want to be
2: political activists they want to be able to just focus on their sport. I completely agree with what you're saying, Tim, but I also think that this is your passion. This is your career, right? Swimming is those girls' passion. They don't want to be political activists. The big reason why their parents don't want to speak out for them is because the daughters ask the parents, hey, you know what? Just don't do it. I don't want to face the repercussion. I don't want the NCAA coming after me. The NCAA told these athletes, don't mention Leah Thomas's name in the locker room. Do not speak to any media. So the fact that I even got that interview, that's why it went so viral because the NCAA has been silencing these women. I understand what you're saying, Tim, because I'm the exact same way. I'm hardline. And I say, stand up for your rights, stand up for your country, or you will lose everything. But at the same time, we do have to remember we're in this spot because not everybody is a political activist, unfortunately.
0: I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to stand up for people who haven't asked for it. Yeah. Like it, it is the most insane thing to me that you have people being like, we must defend these young women who are actively publicly supporting Leah Thomas. I'm like, dude have, like, what are you talking about? Well, so I, don't they're, dis- they're, but I don't disagree with you. disagree are supporting Leah Thomas Tim, Tim, and you're acting like they're mad when they're no, not. No,
1: no, because uh, that's not even the point. I'm saying what we, we tend to be in politics, and I'm not saying you, but just in general, is reactionary, where we expect that people move on our time. We, we consume stories by the daily. There are people that I met, I've met an Uber driver that didn't even know there was a war in Ukraine, okay? Like he didn't even know that was happening. People in the world are sometimes so focused on a goal that they even disconnect. That's even required of them to get off social media, et cetera. And they don't know what's going on. There is a problem that we see. The problem is, is that the swimmers need to see how big of an issue this is of letting a man compete against women in a way that will always beat them, will outqualify them, and would fundamentally change the country. I'm saying, I don't believe all of them see that. Because I remember being around non-political people who are like, okay, this is weird. But I'm being told this is right, and especially if they don't have any more. If they don't have any moral absolution, or maybe they're not even that high IQ. You know, they, I'm saying they might be saying, "I don't know what to do." So before I'm judging them for not swimming, I'm saying I think a lot of them are weighing their. They are weighing their options, and more importantly, like you said, how you would to turn down a contract. I think a lot of them will lose out on their opportunities, and I think this is it's where you start seeing not opportunities. of them are willing to stand up. But you That's see them the getting hurt. Somebody is going to get red it's pilled that. Somebody it, might stand it, up, it, and it, it might it. set it. How a long
0: has it, this been? This has been going on for 14 years in the public spotlight. If we track the data going into the New York Times, 14 years, 14 years, parents are not speaking up. They're not going to meetings. The fathers and the mothers are not showing up to meetings and saying, we want rule changes. They don't care. Not only that, what I'm telling you why I'm particularly frustrated with this is that even Rekha Georgi, the one person who got bumped from the finals, in her complaint said, I stand, I fully stand with Leah Thomas and you know, she is no different from me or any other D1 swimmer who wakes up every day and I said, then I am not going to do the work for you. And no one else should. If they have an issue with this, they need only politely say, they could, they could wear a pink ribbon. They could wear a little ribbon that says, like, I am protesting this, but I'll keep keep going because I want my scholarships. But th- these are I am sick and tired of people who are aware of what's going on. And apparently, according to the mothers, they are, but they won't speak publicly, who are refusing to stand up and, and stand up for their rights. For whatever reason, they expect other people to do it for them. It's not going to happen. Tim, need- the left goes out and they throw bricks through windows and they burn down buildings and they've literally killed dozens of people in the George Floyd riots. Yep. Kamala Harris then helped bail these people out. 13 Joe Biden staffers donated to help bail these people out. Mm. And Republicans are like, but I'm going to get called a racist. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. If you are unwilling to stand up for yourself, for your children, if you are a father unwilling to stand up for your daughter, and you think I'm going to come out and be like, I will stand up for you, I'm not going to do it. So are I think are as that this goes call. back
2: to, okay, look at what we saw for the past two years with the COVID lockdowns, right? People's businesses getting shut down, all of us being forced to mask up, all of these things that we had to do because the government told us to. I've been saying this since 15 days too slow the spread was originally talked about. This will not end until the masses decide that it does. You are completely right in that, Tim. This I does don't... not end until the female athletes decide that enough is enough. They're going to stand up. They're going to push back and they're going to put an end to it. I
0: don't but think they care. I think you guys are uh, are putting this view on them.
2: They definitely care. No, no, uh, no, no, at no. At I no, 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 no.
1: I'll tell you this. No, this is genuinely true. And this is where I actually want to agree with you about the father thing. Yes, but it's deeper than that. My point is, is I'm not saying because they care that I'm fighting. And i I know this is an unpopular statement, but number one, I don't expect women to be the fighters and the champions of social movements and of the country. I think they can. I think there's many women who've done many great things, but I understand, I don't believe it's in their nature. I believe in traditional design. And I think a lot of these women, women tend to be more submissive. Not all women, especially modern feminist women, but I think that's the natural design. And I don't think, and I would blame their fathers more or their boyfriends or husbands more than them. I would do that. But on okay, the side me, note, let me that's important. That. Yeah.
0: Majority of de- millennial Dem, uh, 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 was it 70% of millennial Democrats are female? Feminism, the, I mean, I think you're, you have it backwards. Women are the ones who are consistently, over the past 20 years, demanding social change.
1: Yeah, but this, the, yeah, but it's in one direction. So my, my point is, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. in this direction. And so why aren't it, these gentlemen doing the same thing? Well, this, thing. this is my point, is I'm saying that aside, because you'd have to ascribe to a traditional worldview, or believe in God to really believe that, probably, or be very well versed in science. But I am gonna say is, Why I care about it is not because I'm not trying to get that 17th place person. I'm not petitioning so so that she can get back into 16th. I don't care about this because of them. I care about this because of what it means for our country and for future generations if we accept as a whole. Even if that pool, they all cared about, you know, they don't care and whatever, they want to ha- let it happen. Okay, fine. So if I, if there's a bunch of people in a house and they just want to create a meth lab and they're all cool with that, should I be cool with that? No. Should I fight against the idea of having major drug labs in houses across the country? Yes. Even if they are all for it and they're like, well, you know, the neighbors aren't mad about it. I'm like, dude, we're not going to have a country where you can just create meth labs and blow up houses. Sorry. Not going to be okay with That's- that. Very, so, very different. N- no, but it, it, yes, it's, di- no, it's different it's when you see something that's, that's toxic, that's bad. That's a social issue. I'm using a physical issue that people could understand to a social issue. When you're allowing something to go out and not just to happen, because remember it's not just the people in the in in the pool the swimmers are, are even the least important to me on this you have ESPN etc interviewing this there this is being reaffirmed nationally and as you know on this show right now if i were to say what i was really feeling about this issue this live stream would get pulled meaning it, big tech is in on this as well saying this is normal and normal people are not, not and that's really why that i'm saying too, this guess. is B, this is bs and i'm i'm going to fight the issue even if they won't cuz i don't accept this for the country. I don't disagree I don't with you on it. that i don't i don't
0: disagree with you on that My my frustration is with people who don't stand for themselves. I'm saying if we're- I get pissed
1: too. If we're we're
0: talking specifically about the greater issue, by all means, everybody who wants to complain about it has a right to complain about it. When we're specifically talking about Rekha Georgi as the one person to publicly complain because she's the one person who got bumped, I'm like, dude, you had every opportunity to speak up you didn't, and you're only complaining now because you're the one person who got bumped. 18th place isn't complaining because she wouldn't have made it anyway, and 16th place isn't complaining because she did make it. I just don't see any principle among those people. And we already have people mentioning this, and I've answered this several times who are saying, if I spoke up for my children, I would lose my job. Well, then I understand what you find to be more important. Security for your family is more important than what your children are going through with society and with culture. So what if, if, if I'll, 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 I said this before, and I'll say it again. If, uh, if you're more concerned about, you know, keeping your job and keeping your income, at least you'll know your kids had a good meal, you know, when, when in 20 years they're in the gulag or whatever. Sometimes
3: speaking up is actually dangerous. The founding fathers had to keep it under wraps. If they'd spoke up against George, they would have been executed on the block.
0: Oh, I completely agree. The, fa- the parents could have come together, uh, on one night, all, all, all sat down and said, do we all agree we have a problem here? Okay, yes. now that we've all come together, we can, we can unanimously issue a statement under our names because we all know we have each other's yeah, backs.
3: Yeah, Leah Thomas technically isn't doing anything wrong. She's following the rules. So changing the rules is where the key lies. How do you best change the rules? And I and kind of I agree And if I could jump in with
2: you guys on this because I do want to make this point because I agree with a lot of what you guys are saying but this is when censorship comes into play. So we all know that many people on the right wing, many of these independent journalists are being censored and why is that? It's because we are going out on the ground and we are uh, elevating those unheard voices. So right now you guys are saying you're not hearing from any of these athletes. And why is that? It's because ESPN is platforming, Le- Le- platforming Leah Thomas. It's because all of the mainstream is platforming Leah Thomas as a hero. They're not platforming the uh, adults and the parents that are speaking out. They're not platforming platforming the athletes that speaking, are speaking oh, out. But I'm, they oh, are, too because be I, I interviewed them last week. And guess what? All of those interviews are gone. Did you see any of my work from last week? It
0: got why, banned, why, right? did the, why did the, why did the it mother who came banned. out and gave a, uh, why, why did she come out anonymously to the New York Post?
2: Again, there but there's also this, parents these, that came out they were not anonymous. They came out last week, they had their names, they had their picture up on the article. but those stories are not elevated, and they're not promoted. So I understand what you are saying, but understand too that big tech who? is allowed to uh you know regulate what the narrative is. So there are people that are speaking out, there are athletes that are speaking out, but their footage is being deleted, they are being censored, and they are being silenced because they are not the popular uh you know narrative that the big tech wants to push.
0: The, oh, yeah. the, the swimmers could have, you know, chosen to protest the swim. Mm-hmm.
2: I they agree. I completely agree with you on that. But NCAA I'm saying that there swimmers are voices who are being that are platformed, being silenced.
0: have publicly supported Leah Thomas, and we're talking in circles now. So I, I think it's just, I, I get it. You yeah. know, uh, if there are people in this country who have an issue with what's happening in these schools, then I, you know, I actually, I agree. If we're talking specifically about the NCAA right now, my mm-hmm. problem is I am sick and tired of the past 10 years where there are people who know about the problems who refuse to speak up, Continue I think it was Clifton, Clifton Duncan said the same thing. He says he said something to the effect of, "I am more. Uh, what do you say? I'm more, I am more. I have more disdain for those who know what's happening and refuse to speak than yep. those who those who are ignorantly participating." in it's yeah. something to that effect. Mm-hmm. And that's where I've been at for some time. Right. The people who say to me, "I know what they're doing to my children in school; that they're grooming their kids." And that they're making up lies about, you know, the "Don't Say Gay" bill. Man, if you come to me and tell me you know what these teachers are doing to your kids, and that you'd rather have your job than save your kids from that, I think you've got a very serious problem with what's going to happen to your children. That, that's mind okay, blowing but, but, to me. But
1: here, but here's where where I have to to think and not just react. I agree, and and we're sitting in a room of people who have chosen, like you said, to not allow what could happen bad to us or our friends or our family inhibit us from pursuing what we believe God has called us to or the universe or whatever you ascribe to. My point is, is that I am saddened that in every culture, there are warriors and there are people who fight. And in the age of information and intellectual property, a lot of the fighting happens in the intellectual centers. It's like back to Rome or to Greece. It's the battle of the wits. And of course, there still is real war and there are people end up, you know, you know, deleting themselves with two shots in the back of the head. Things still happen. There's still violence. But overall, the fight is happening on the public square. And so a lot of different souls that would basically not make it on traditional battlefield are somehow successful. It it basically values uh, intellect rather than just physical might now. I am saying that I understand that wars have always been fought. And right now this war is being fought. And I don't mind you and I take hits all the time. Everyone at this table does. It is so sad to me now that everybody is forced to join the war. Now, again, to concede to your point on this, there are times when the village gets raided, when the kingdom is under siege, and every able-bodied man—I mean, look at Ukraine. They're not letting the young men leave, where it's like, what's, there is a time to fight. But I'm saying, my point is, is that sometimes I think we're rushing people because we're more alarmist and see bro, what's going on. it's been 14 years. Yes, but, but to some—yes, but more people wake up. You would think after COVID that everybody would have woken up to what's going on, but they still didn't because the sleep what's, is so deep. What's the Second Amendment say? Um, it's the, it's the uh, right to a well-armed militia, basically.
0: The security of a free state, the right to keep and bear arms, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the, a well-regulated militia being necessary for a free state. And a militia was just the people who were armed who would come together when needed. We didn't have police forces back in the day. We actually had local militia. That's how things were dealt with. So if somebody stole, they'd round up all the people and be like, you know, like arrest them and bring them to the magistrate or whatever. And uh, the founding fathers understood everybody would have to fight def- def- to defend their land. What I see now is we are in a a four, we're now in year fourteen of a major culture war, and it's going back to like you know economic collapse, the rise of critical race theory, Occupy Wall Street, GamerGate, all of these things, and you have people who are like, I've been watching what's been happening since Donald Trump. Social issues were a major component of why many millennials voted for Donald Trump, and still they say as war, as bad as it has gotten and as crazy as things have gotten, I still refuse to fight, but I'll be upset about it, I guess. Now. I don't think anybody has to do anything. I mean, look, if you want something, you have to fight for it. If you don't fight for it, I assume you don't want something. I'm not going to complain that these female swimmers don't care enough to speak out. But that's reality.
1: Are you saying nobody can avoid the war? I'm asking if that's what you're saying. What I'm saying is,
0: to put it simply, if you place a person between two roads, and one is just keep swimming and and keep your head down, and one is speak up and stand up for your rights— they're all choosing the road they, they, they think is better for them. That means they don't care enough about Leah Thomas to actually say anything. I'm sure they're upset about it because you can be, you know, you can be mad about your choices and choose the lesser of two evils or something slightly worse. If you, if, if people really cared about this, if parents really cared about their children, they would, they, look, if you really cared about your kids and you knew teachers were grooming your kids, you would be homeless to save your child from that, right? Well, let, let, let me ask you both. Which would you prefer? Your child spends eight hours a day being groomed by cult members, and you ha- you make fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year, or you're homeless and your kids are safe with you.
1: So whether we'd have our kids hang out with Pete Buttigieg's husband, or we'd be homeless. Okay, like I'm I'm
0: like I'm talking about what's going on in Florida.
1: Yeah, I mean I, the, the kid the kids matter, but but I will say onto the onto that point real fast. This is where I think that that we're getting confused on the argument, and it's not going in circles. Just like I, I watched the the gay pride parade in Austin in that elementary school, I'm going. I don't blame the kids that are. I think they were like eight, nine years old, ten years old. I don't blame the kids for you know anything about that. I would blame the teachers, and my fight would be with the teachers. I I know this right, is unpopular, but I'm going to say this. But I was pointing to that. I view people who are asleep, a lot of people who are asleep, with the same way that I view children. Is that they are not aware of what's going on. And I don't assume they all know what's going on. So I keep accountable those that do. And if there are swimmers that are out there that fully are aware of what's going on, they know what right, they're doing is right. wrong but and I, they choose to do it, then yes, I would call them out. But and we I'm don't asking know.
0: you a specific question.
1: Yeah, be homeless.
0: you would rather be homeless, safe with your kids.
1: Yeah, because I'd figure out another way to make money. Yeah.
0: Well, so the response we get every time I bring this up and we have super chats right here saying this exact thing is I can't speak up because I would lose my job, you know, and my kids need to eat and things like that. In West Virginia, school, you you think it's the second most Trump-supporting state in the country. You'd think the schools are going to be Republican. They're not. Yeah. The school board members who were voted in are woke. There are kids in West Virginia schools who are being groomed and indoctrinated. And there are parents who say, I don't care enough to risk my security, and that includes my children's security. Now, I can fully understand. You prioritize your kid having a full belly over being away from groomers. I personally disagree. I don't have kids, so maybe I can't speak to it. And that's fine. But I typically ask most people and they give me the same response. I would rather be homeless and unsure of how I'm going to eat and my kids than leave my children in the hands of a groomer for eight hours every day at these schools. My question is then why so many parents do it. And I think it's because the parents, many of them don't know. And I'll, and I'll totally uh, contend to that. And we're, we're fighting every day to inform them. But many of the parents do know and tell me, well, I don't want to lose my job. Okay, I, I, look, no disrespect. You've chosen it. We had uh, um, we had Andrew Heaton on, and I was explaining. He's he's a you know middle of the road guy, and he says both sides. You know, I take issue with. he a libertarian. And guy. Uh, uh, I think is he a libertarian yeah. for some reason? Yeah. yeah. I said the 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 right makes their arguments based off of the, the, they they present facts they can prove to you, and then from those facts, will give you their opinion on why their policy ideas are correct the left will lie to you about what the problem is because the ends justify the means to convince you to side with them. And his response was that I was describing the left as, you know, bad or evil and the right as moral. And I said, no, no, I'm not. The left literally will tell you this by any means necessary. In their books, they write the strategy of, of keeping secrets. They There's undercover video being exposed right now. A, something from Accuracy in Media was going viral where teachers are saying, we're going to change the language but keep CRT in schools. Mm-hmm. We can't let the parents know. This is exactly what they'll tell you they're doing. What I said to him was, if you think that I'm describing them as good or evil, it's because you view one side as good or evil, not because I've ascribed that to them. The right does this. They'll say, look at this fact. It's not from me. It's proof, right? Therefore, here's my my argument on, on moral issues or whatever. The left will say, here's a manipulation to trick you into agreeing with me. We see it all the time in the press. These are tendencies, not absolutes. When it comes to somebody who says, you know, I can't speak up because my kids or whatever, what they're really saying is deep down, they know their kid being in this position is very wrong and bad. But they prefer to keep their kid with the groomer than lose their job actions speak louder than words
2: and if i could answer now too i would have the same exact answer as elijah to say you know i would rather be homeless and take care of my child and protect my Mm. kids but what you just laid out there tim is exactly why our country is where it is today because if push comes to shove and i think about this all the time with the second amendment right if push comes to shove how many americans do you think if the police were at their door right now and said give us your guns or we will kill you how many of them would just give up their guns willingly and give up their second amendment and rights people do not understand understand that standing up for your rights means you are willing to die for your rights and you need to be ready to die for your rights for your freedoms every single day. People don't seem to understand that because we've been so coddled as a society because we face no real challenges as you know in this country and so people so willingly give away their rights and freedoms which is why for the past year we've watched people say i don't want to get vaccinated but i'm going to do it to keep my job because the government told me to do it if the government tells me to take four or five six boosters i will do it because they told me to people do not have the uh mentality that they need to fight for their rights and die for them and they don't get it which is why we're here let's
0: let's let's jump to the story um, about censorship. We have this from TimCast.com. Patreon bans users for content on other platforms without warning. Yep. This week, Patreon, which hosts paid content for creators, has banned two well-known creators from its platform for appearances and content shared on other media platforms. On Tuesday, Sydney Watson, host of You Are Here. Mm. I've heard of that show. Mm. On Blaze TV was banned from the platform. Watson does not regularly post content to the site but was banned over hate speech according to a notice from Patreon. Watson's program on Blaze TV covers current topics, just Disney employee walkouts. I think we know that. Plus, we have Elijah here, so we can we can move on. And we also had um, Josh uh, Lakach. Is that how you pronounce it?
1: Lake Lake Cash. I think. Lake Cash. Lake Cash. Yeah. He
0: was banned hours after appearing on Infor. So these are two accounts. But it's not just you know these, these individuals on Patreon. It's also Tucker Carlson got censored on Twitter, and uh, uh, Charlie Kirk and the Babylon Bee. So it looks like we're starting to see censorship kicking back up. For a while there, there was a small lull, right? Censorship was huge news for a long period of time. All of a sudden now, the, the, the reason I would say it looks like we're starting to see things kick into high gear is that Tucker Carlson getting censored is big. I mean, yeah. he's prominent. But seeing Sydney Watson get her Patreon banned when she doesn't even post to it is very interesting to me. Why would they shut down Sydney's Patreon? Here's my thoughts. She was getting about a thousand bucks a month from Patreon passively. This helps Sydney exist and do work and be influential. The midterm elections are coming up. And just one month ago, Mike Bloomberg said the Democrats are going to get wiped out. The polls are showing as of the past few months, Democrats are getting wiped out. Mike Bloomberg was interesting because he said the reason they're going to get wiped out is because Americans perceive Democrats as being too obsessed with cultural issues and not economic issues. Well, why would people believe that? I mean, if you watch the mainstream media, sure, you might hear like CNN and MSNBC will talk some about the Democrats. But for the most part, no, they're trying to prop them up. It's channels like ours, it's shows like yours, Elijah with Sydney, that are bringing up the cultural issues Democrats are engaged in, what the schools are actually fighting for. The teachers are trying to keep these things a secret. They don't want parents to know about it. If the parents didn't know about it, they'd probably not think Democrats were fighting for it because people like you or I expose this stuff. There's a perception growing among regular voters that Democrats are obsessed with cultural issues. Then they banned Sydney Watson seemingly out of the blue for no reason. Why? They want to start stripping away influence like we saw in 2018. The first Patreon purge, it happened just after the midterms. I think just around the same time as the midterms. We saw uh, Carl Benjamin get booted and then all of a sudden a bunch of people staged a mass exodus. I think it may have been before the midterms actually. It's no surprise that right before Democrats start losing, their allies in big tech and media start coming after prominent influencers who are making Democrats look bad.
1: Yeah. You know, first of all, on the Sydney issue, we have to focus on this. I'll comment on Josh in a second. But number one, that Sydney didn't use the platform or post anything anymore is clear evidence that she didn't do anything wrong on the platform. We know that Patreon does ban for activity outside the platform. In fact, I ended up doing a meeting and pretending to be a, um, take one of their um, user meetings with their engineer team and pretended like I cared and I recorded this. I don't know if I should say that, but I ended up recording the audio and kept asking them questions of, of whether or not that they were, I've never published it, so I guess it's not illegal, hopefully. Uh, but I also was like, I was talking to them and I genuinely, this is years ago, like what, 2018 or about? I think 2018. I was like, hey, I just want to know if you guys are for free speech. And every time I'd ask them a question, they would just kind of like dodge it and it was nothing came of it. Matt Christensen got on a call, recorded it years ago. Do you remember the 2018 when Matt Christensen like recorded his phone call? With whatever? Yeah, that yeah, yeah. So he yeah. literally got on there. And when he was asked about it, whether it's a free if they care about free speech. They were just like, I don't know. So, like basically they, they didn't want to answer. So I looked back, I had tweets in 2018 saying I got to leave. And my first tweet of January 1st of 2019 was like my goal this year is to leave Patreon. And I did. And I lost thousands of dollars prematurely because I knew that this would happen. But with Sydney Watson, there's three things that are really vital here. Number one, Sydney is not a religious, zealot, nut, right-wing extremist, you know, person, some white, straight male that we got to get off because you're going to bring the nationalist, fascist government back. Sydney is a cultured, atheist, very well-spoken, well-researched individual who mostly just puts out on her own channel, hyper-researched, well-thought-out, scripted videos. She has no history of making extremist statements. She's never part of, been a part of an extremist group. The closest thing she's ever done to extremism was run a men's right conference in Australia, another country, for their rights and to fight for them, which was controversial in Australia, which everything's controversial there. But more importantly, the ironic part is we run a show together now. And the whole reason why we run a show together, she's the sane one who actually brings some logic and some straightforwardness and helps keep me back in reality where she lives while I'm out in space. So it's like Sydney's reputation is actually for being calculated, for thinking things through. And she's known for, if she doesn't know stuff, we'll say, I actually haven't researched that. I don't know that. So you're taking just a normal girl who's literally from Australia who doesn't have a history of anything, gets deleted. You know it's targeting for a specific reason. And I, I'm wondering though, with this, as they deleted her, I wonder if they're just testing who else they can delete. Because if they can get somebody who doesn't post, but is still making money, I feel like it gives them the green light to go, well, let's go after other people too. There's no evidence. Well, nothing happens.
0: I mean, it was, it was three and a half years ago you know we had the, we saw these conversations i will say for sydney i, I reached out to her she said it was like i asked her if it was like a background thing for her, meaning she has it it's available to people but she doesn't actively post there so it exists but it's not like she was using the platform and and ran a follow of their rules so as for for josh i really have to question why he was on patreon Josh, uh, Lakash, uh, Lakash. You know, right you from know, do you, are
2: you familiar with Wrong Opinion podcast? I'm not familiar, but I would like to comment on Sydney very quickly mm-hmm. before you move on to Josh. I would just say that, uh, this is the soft introduction to people getting banned from banks, which we're already seeing here in America. Mm. Look at what just well, happened well, in Canada. Sorry, go ahead.
0: Well, no, no. I'm um, the the point I was bringing up with Josh is that all of this happened almost four years ago.
2: Mm. I think it's
0: fair to say three and a half years ago because it was three three years and five months. Yeah. So for uh, Sydney to get banned, she got banned for what uh, Carl Benjamin got banned for—the exact same thing. Hate Off off, plat- off platform behavior. Right. I see. So so again, I'll will say this. <laughs> like, what what did uh, she do? Do you have well, any clue? She
2: existed. Well,
0: for 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 Sydney, she's not she wasn't using Patreon as like her core income. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I don't really care. If you, if you have a Patreon right now and you're like, oh, I don't really care about it. I don't even think twice. If it's gone, it's gone. It's here. It's whatever. There's money. I'm like, okay, I get it. But uh, the reason I brought up Josh is that he put his career on a platform where th- over three years ago, Lauren Southern was nuked overnight without warning. And then Carl Benjamin, the CEO said, we'll never do this again. We will huh. issue warnings to people. Let them know because we don't want to take their income. And then someone dug up a live stream where Carl Benjamin was making a point about he was arguing with people who he says were, were alt-right. And so he used a racist term to describe them. And his point was, you are exactly the way you describe these people. For that, Patreon banned his account without warning for off-platform behavior. And then reported that, you know, he said a racial slur and got banned. Three years later, Josh is still using the platform. Mm. I mean, I'm, I, like at a certain point, there is, I, I think it's wrong. They shouldn't have banned him. But it's almost It's also like, bro. If you if you if like Antifa puts up a big flyer saying we're having an Antifa party and we're gonna beat up Elijah Schaefer, and then Elijah Schaefer's like, I'm gonna go to that. That
1: was my job for like 18 months. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, specifically <laughs> saying, like, True.
0: like a good career choice. Like this built. Like it's one thing to be in a public space that everyone's allowed to access, but Patreon is a private company that I do understand. And the moment they took action against Lauren and Carl, I was like, I'm out. Red flag. A- yeah. After Lauren, I I actually talked to the CEO. And he was like, dude, we're trying. You got to understand. I argued with him. And I even, I even, you know, the, I'm pretty sure he didn't even know what he was talking about when it came to Lauren Southern, when I talked to him. When it happened with Carl Benjamin, I was like, this dude lied to us. So they invited us into their business. Let's say it was a sandwich shop that had a big sign saying, Elijah Schaefer will get punched in the face. So it's like, would you go in there? You know like you know they're coming after you like That's it's not, a Monday or maybe. like they're going to spit in your food they're not going to Right gonna no, I, I I get you. what
1: you're saying like there there are there are so many opportunities I think you've seen too where like genuinely and I and I I'm, I want to hear Sav's opinion on this someone who is just fresh off the delete <laughs> train uh is where I do get – I totally understand this. I have a hard time commenting since I run primarily my career on YouTube. And I know YouTube hates me and I know that I could lose my channels any second. And I know we're all kind of playing that game. I would say I think Josh just probably bet on the fact that – I don't mean this disrespectfully to him – that it's more of a niche, smaller podcast. He's not Lauren Southern. He's not going on some ship cruise and wearing It's Okay to Be White t-shirts into Australia and whatnot. He's not doing these things. He's not getting the national press. He's got a niche oh, pod. Podcast, and I love Lauren Southern so much, <laughs> but, but I meant like he's got, he's got this way where if you think, well I'm probably beyond scrutiny like even sydney or whatever is is raising in 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 her profile she's been very successful recently uh and throughout her 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 career i think she'll eventually be at a million subs pretty soon and so she could be a target but not me and so that's what we're kind of seeing like with sav where it's like and i'm not mean this to disrespect to you either Mm -hmm. where savs learned that's the hard way is like it doesn't matter how big you are it matters what you're doing it really does
0: it's inverted actually the bigger you are, the harder it is to ban you because it makes too big of a splash. Yeah, That's why when it came to learn to code, Twitter mostly banned smaller accounts. Mm. I t- so when the learn to code thing was happening and they were banning people, it was mostly people with a few hundred followers who were just engaging and, and sharing and talking. I tweeted learn to code several times. Nothing ever happened to me. My account was just too big. It would have been too big of an issue. And they said, oh, No. So they can get rid of as many of these conservatives as possible saying learn to code and none of them are big enough to actually make a splash. That's what they're going for. So banning Josh is actually entirely predictable. If you were a small creator, like if you're a new channel with maybe only a hundred to several thousand followers and you go on YouTube, you'll be banned in two seconds. If you go on Patreon, you'll be banned in two seconds. This is why I say if you're just starting out now, Rumble is the place to be. Absolutely Rumble. Or mine's. But Rumble is going to be growing. Plus there's locals integration with Rumble. I've got my issues with locals, but they're still substantially better than Patreon. I can't imagine. Like, there's no reason he couldn't just go to locals. You know, you build your business on the platform of someone who expressly says, like, we're going to destroy you and we want to. And then you're shocked when they do.
2: Well, and yeah. that's the thing, too, that we all should have learned from Alex Jones being banned, right? It was Alex Jones who was crazy. He was a conspiracy theorist. Everyone was like, yeah, yeah, he he deserves to be banned. No one else is going to get banned. And then as the years have progressed, we've seen more and more people get banned. And like you just talked about, Tim, uh, you know, if you're an independent journalist who's just getting into the game, you are not going to make it if you're willing to tell the truth you're not going to make it if you're Mm -hmm. actually trying to go out on the street and go get those interviews and go viral it's very difficult i mean yeah exactly yeah rumble sure um it's growing, it's a new platform. But I mean, think about the fact that you, Candace Owens, Elijah Schaefer, Steven Crowder, a lot of these big names, you guys got really popular back in the day when YouTube was still the wild, wild west, when you could still say whatever you wanted on Twitter. Now it's really difficult I, to break into the space unless you're on an alternative platform like Truth Social or Locals, Rumble, all that I, stuff. I,
0: I agree and I disagree. Um I got big well after the censorship was taking effect. I mean, my 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 main growth was in twenty nineteen. So, at That's at, when it hit too, the major news shift yeah, they, on YouTube. They, yeah. they were they they uh, it was 2018 in May when YouTube nuked my channels across the everyone's channels got nuked across the board, and it was only last year the censorship got removed on Google for Timcast. So, we actually were hindered for a long time. I think the issue was that for one, I'm I'm a workaholic. I was work, I was producing, you know, I think 4 hours of content every day more than any other talk radio host or, or podcaster and weekends with no days off. That helped me kind of push through this barrier they were setting up. Mm -hmm. And then last year, I mentioned on this show that you couldn't even Google search TimCast the channels or any of our videos, If that if you took the title of one of our segments and put it in Google, Facebook would come up. You could even try and search for YouTube. And then immediately after that, the next day, the filters were removed. So we actually went through all of that. We had the the alternative influencer network study that was published by all these major outlets that tried claiming I was the center, no joke, of like this vast network of the alt-right or something. Craziest thing ever. Claimed that I had done segments with people I'd never met before. Claimed that Chris Reagan had had coordinated with Richard Spencer. Like the levels of lies and smears. Chris Reagan? Who? Chris Reagan. Oh, I don't know who that is. You know the song Punch a Nazi?
1: No, I don't. <laughs> haven't I don't. Heard that's, heard that. that's, I just sure that yelled at me before I end up getting it's, it's, a black eye. It's,
0: it's, it's a satirical <laughs> song uh, based on paparazzi by Lady Gaga where he mocks the left for thinking everyone's a Nazi. He, he did delete, uh, he unlisted the video because I guess the left told him it was bad and he, he like apologized or something huh. for it and removed it, which I think is ridiculous and silly because it was a great point he was making. But uh, uh, the point being, The true era of free speech on YouTube was 2006 after after Google
3: bought them in 2000 and 2006. There was about four months and then they made their first ban and it was Warren 25. Go back and watch Warren 25 videos if you can find any of them. He had to change his name Warren 25 smash. He came back. Then they banned that. He would swear profanities at George Bush to end the war. Just this Canadian dude. Oh, so lit. And he gave me inspiration to speak my mind.
2: Dude, I get so, so sad that I'll never get to experience YouTube at its Come on.
1: You no, can go Ing- back Nika, Nika, Nika watch Nika, Nika and watch Nika, it. Nika but it was cool, A, a on, lot of late nights video chatting. Nick it... Avocado, his name was literally not the N-I-K-K. It was N-I-G-G-A. And Avocado, oh, yeah. he's a white guy, on YouTube for a long time. And then he was. it wasn't even as bad as it is now. All he had to come out was be like, yo, I didn't know we weren't supposed to be using the N-word in our names. And then everyone was like, cool. And he's still popular. He's like one of the most viral people in the world. He's like, sorry, try doing that today. Call yourself N-word casting. IRL it's not gonna work
0: there is no peak of YouTube there 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 isn't one I mean maybe we'll see it once YouTube's completely obliterated but uh I was at the uh, Tribeca Film Festival ceremony thing I got invited to back in I think 2012 this is 20 I'm pretty sure this is 2012 and there was this very popular YouTube group I'll keep let them keep their privacy and they were talking to me about how they were like, man, YouTube used to be amazing back in like 2009, 2010. They were like, we'd put up a video and we'd get like five million views. Now we're lucky if we get half a million. That was in 2012. They were saying that Vice, they got all of their big play on their documentaries in like 09 and 2010. And then after that, it's like on average, they get like 50,000 now. So people are like, the, 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 oh man, the best time was four or five years ago. No, nah, there's, 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 there's no, it's getting bad. It's getting worse, but I think the reality is right now the ladder is being pulled up behind you. There are different periods where everyone thinks like this period was the peak, this period was the peak. I don't know when the peak was to be honest. Maybe 2012, but maybe not even because your real opportunity for virality in the era of Reddit and, and YouTube – this is how you know. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave people's names out of it, but there's a very prominent podcast that's like spiraling out of control and failing. With you know this,
1: he's this. like the host is sitting in the room. And I'm like, <laughs> but I won't point fingers.
3: Yeah, no, no no no
0: no. It's it's a very, it's a big podcast. Slightly Just offensive bigger, is spiraling out of control. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna leave their name out of it because what they would do is they would manipulate Reddit to uh, get YouTube traction, and it worked. So you'd you, you like there are certain things everyone knew Reddit wanted. And it was very, very easy to gamify the Reddit upvote and downvote system. And so people, people who didn't know about this, like politicians and big companies, didn't know how to gamify Reddit. So it was just savvy people who had been in the internet figured out how to exploit it to make themselves famous, and they did. And there was this period where if you were smart and you had the ability, you'd make it happen. Now, I agree with you. We're at a point where it's, it, you can't do it. The ladder's being pulled up behind everybody. If you're really good, you can find a way, but I, I will say we're at a point where the ladder's gone, go on rumble.
1: Well, but here's, here's the fundamental issue. And I, and this is what's so insane to me of how this is backfiring because I feel like I just squeezed in in the, in the last second. It was like the last ditch effort. And one of the other people that squeezed in, Sydney squeezed in, John Doyle squeezed in. It's like this 2018 year. This is right before it got really bad in 2019. If you got in on 2018, you essentially, you know, in the terms of the girl getting passed around the team, you were the fourth or fifth in, but you still made it into the, into the game, into the party. It's true. You still got something. And we got action. And a lot of our channels aren't as big as other channels. We, we face a lot of stuff, but I'm grateful. And I'm grateful for what I have. I'm grateful for the career God gave me. And I'm happy about that. But here's where I'm not happy. And I'm, I'm upset. And it makes me angry. Because they have done two things that is both unforgivable and is going to damage our country as a whole. And, and I don't think it can be undone. Number one, by shutting the door to individual creators, that was their point, is to take away independent media. Because not just the right wing, but as we see with like Russell Brand or Joe Rogan, people who are not right wing but are inherently open to ideas, which is now becoming a right wing idea. I don't know if you saw today that uh, MSNBC says that uh, exercise is a, yeah. a right wing idea, which I actually kind of agree with. But I will say that they shut the door because – oh, it's a joke, but OK. Anyway. So Keep so they shut out, they, they shut the door – to independent and small media, and that was always their their plan. My uh, my new PA, um, uh, Josiah Moody, who started, he was like, "Hey, I was like, yeah, Tucker at his peak will get you know three three point five million views." He goes, "Yeah, but have you seen his YouTube? It's crushing." And I go, "Yeah, bro, you, I'm gonna tell you about this one thing called authoritative news sources where they you know gave all the all the news media basically all of the views that we would all get." So number one, that shut it out and that doesn't allow us to have ideas. It gives the uh, mainstream media control of the internet, which they didn't have in our country. But the worst part about this is, and you'll know this, the worst part about this, let's say you're new and you want to come up. Well, the way that you want to come up and you're new and you're political, you can't go with the views model unless you work for mainstream media. So you've got to build a cult following. A cult following will always reward more extreme ideas. And not only will it reward more extreme ideas, but it'll actually push you into corners, into more niche avenues, which will make somebody try to appeal to a more extreme perspective. And I see this happening all across the board, especially with Gen Z, is that they've become very authoritarian on left and the right. The people that they like to watch that are more like, you know, demonetized ban on Twitch, either they're pushing straight up fascism or communism. They're pushing absolute authoritarianism. And what you do is the only place that you can grow you can go onto like, you can go onto any of these, uh, you know, side apps where people have fundamentally more extreme views. Now, what that does is it means if you want to find someone who's young, who thinks like you, who's a new creator, Tim Pool sucks, Elijah sucks, Sav sucks, Ian sucks, okay, I don't want to hear these millennial people, whatever, get the hell out, where's my Gen Z? You've got a few options, and I'm not going to name them on the screen. you got a few options. I'm telling you, you're not getting kosher ideas. Those are fringe ideas some of them you know whether you agree with them or not you have one option so they're creating an extremist pipeline that they say they're trying to ban and that's what makes it sad is a young guy goes well i want to be a right wing podcaster if you're espousing charlie kirk's views ben shapiro's views you aren't going to get anywhere you're going to have to go as far right or as far left as possible you're going to have to appeal to the extreme base focus on small donations and then we start breeding these little like cosmic groups of people who are in an echo chamber and they all think they're right they Completely detached from any of the mainstream narrative, any of the independent media, and they're doing their own thing. And I feel like we've lost them. They hate us all, by the way. Gen Z hates – like they really genuinely do, like hate the millennials and all the other creators. They're like very well, they're right us. to hate millennials. Well, yeah, but I'm, I'm, what I'm saying I'm is ha- – I'm only half
0: kidding.
2: But, by but I, meant,
1: I meant there's no olive branch because you don't have like a good Gen Z YouTuber that comes on your show and then you're debating and you're on his channel. We just don't have that. There's like a cutoff. It's like 25 years old and everyone under that is now in their own niche and we have a divide politically. And I don't know what they're up to until I go to their 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 streaming sites and I'll watch them and I'm like, oh, crap. Like, I mean, from Charlie Kirk to now, I'm glad we've gotten more like open to discussing ideas. Charlie, but, Charlie Kirk is Gen Z, isn't he? No, he's, he's my age, 28, so he's millennial. Twenty eight millennial. Yeah, yeah for is, sure. I think twenty six is the cutoff. Or twenty five is the cutoff. Oh, okay. So, but I, yeah. but I was going to say yeah. Under twenty five, I'm going. I'm not, It's not that all their ideas are wrong. I'm just going. Oh, we went here that quickly. It's been four years, and we're now talking about the authoritarian takeover of the country and getting rid of the constitution, installing a king, and yeah. like I'm just and a, and, a, and a mono you know you know religious state. I'm going. How did we jump in five years? From hey, let's talk about H1B visas and talk about you know immigration moratoriums to a Catholic Christendom. It's not that these people are any you know I'm not scared of them or anything. I'm just going, oh crap, that was a fast acceleration. I just
0: want to politically I just want me- to mention something you know because I was watching I think I was watching Fox, I'm not sure, and a commercial came on with Charlie Kirk. he was promoting some kind of product for like uh back pain, I think it was. I'm not entirely sure, but it was just interesting because it was like him talking about how he was having stru- tr- uh, trouble exercising and he needed some supplements or something like that. And I'm like, isn't Charlie like in his mid to late twenties? It was just kind of weird. I'm just you know, I don't know if you've seen the commercials.
1: No, I do he's know. I, I always get shocked that he's he's my age because he's a lot richer than me and done so much more of his life. People criticize him, but I always say this: he has a lot you could criticize, and that shows he's done a lot. And there's fair points, but all all I want to end with the point on that is that that is where. I, there's an article written about me recently that was supposed to be a pejorative like sort of diss that was going, "Oh, Elijah is becoming the olive branch connecting the fringe right to the mainstream right." And I'm like, "Hell yeah, I am. Yes. Yes, I am." Because I think that the mainstream right freaking sucks, and I think the fringe right is idealistic and they see the 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 problems but they're overcorrecting. I think instead of, you know, understanding that yeah, maybe you don't like feminist women and maybe you, you know, you want to see women be wholesome, you don't just hate women. Don't be proud to be an incel. The two shall become one. Get married. Find a wholesome woman. You know, if you're out there and you're like, "Hey, yeah, I realize the LGBT movement sucks." They're talking about putting the gays against the wall and shooting them. And you're like, "Hey, there's steps between that to where you can fix society that doesn't have to jump straight to like mass killings of people." And well, I see.
0: The, I, I I kind of think maybe that's just a really fringe thing because it is
1: not as fringe as you would think.
0: Well, the,
1: the, It it is the, the idea of going from just, Hey, let's fight the LGBTQ movement to let's do away with them. is pretty, pretty relevant and common. And what I'm saying is I'm going, Hey, we need to kind of slow this down for a second and we need to figure this out because we're going literally from like, Hey, we need Christ back in the country, which we do to like, let's create a religious state. That is, we're going back yeah to a monarchy and stuff. And I'm going, Hey, that's maybe ideal and not realistic. So let's bring some of these kids out of the, out of the echo chambers let them experience life and see, hey, let's, let's attain to some real solutions rather than these extreme positions but are these, that might lead to, to, to absolute are, are, anarchy. Are these positions like on TikTok? They're on TikTok. They're on, uh, they're on Rumble. They're on BitChute. They are on, uh, independent streaming sites. And I'm not saying that I disagree with everything these people think. I just see that they're young people who are disconnected from older people with wisdom. So they're taking these super overcorrective worldviews. That are based in truth and out of a desire to correct what's wrong in the country, but they're disconnected yeah, but they sound from completely
0: reality. Completely insane. Yeah, but
1: they're disconnected from reality, but they, their echo chambers are growing so large that they all think that they're right because they don't like us. They don't talk to any of us. They, we don't talk, no one will talk to them. People won't, people won't even say Nick Fuentes' name or any other young Gen Z leader. And so, like, but, like
0: but, but, so, so I'm mean, saying so, so we, say got, we like gotta push slow down to a, a corner. Like, you're talking about a very extreme statement here about, you know, killing people. I've not seen prominent or large groups of gen z doing anything like that
1: prominent famous
0: i'm talking about prominent in terms of something that's received a lot of attention like it sounds maybe like yeah there are fringe groups of people but they're not very large i'm i'm i find it hard to believe that there's large groups of gen z who believe what you're saying
1: I would disagree and I would say that we've, I think it's our fault. That's what I'm saying. I think we've rejected them. Like people won't have conversations with people. And I think if you were very neoliberal now, and we've gotten to a point where we've accepted a sort of degenerate States of America. And if you start to disagree with that, as you know, even if you like misgender someone, you could be banned. These people reject it entirely. And they're just like, let's have a solution. Let's figure this out and let's do something. And I'm saying very, very extreme ideas. Don't get rebutted. I don't see like to your well, point. This is exactly, I don't see them getting uh, rebutted in these circles. That it's kind of like I agree with them. There's a big problem, but then it's like the two factors. Is, big tech what, cut them uh, off, and
0: so did we. This is what uh, Bill Ottman and Daryl Davis have been talking about. Mm. That uh, Minds, the platform, has has been working on this for several years. Banning people doesn't stop their ideas; it right. makes them worse. Worse, it puts them in a small room where they can only fester amongst themselves. So, Minds has been trying to find a way to de-radicalize, not to de-platform. So, you know, I think it was it was that Westboro Baptist Church woman. Yeah. She got de-radicalized on Twitter. The
2: daughter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah because she was exposed to a bunch of other people and other ideas, and allowed her to realize, you know, her ideas were wrong. If th- these big tech companies are are taking people and isolating them, I mean, yeah, there are probably places where people are saying really insane things. But I also find it strange. Like, I I, I, honestly, I just I can't believe the, the degree to which you've explained it, because I mean, that's the kind of stuff that gets banned for even being
1: hinted at like I, that's my point though so that we
0: don't but like hear it, look at where we're at platforms. as a
2: society as well that's what i was going to say is all of the people who have been banned off of twitter and all of these other social media platforms the people who have been watching the media lie to us consistently for years they've gotten radicalized themselves and they don't feel like they can trust anything in society they don't feel like they can trust the government big tech si- silences them and then they're going to these platforms like parlor and gab and uh, you know all of these other places and it's a huge echo chamber and so we're seeing the radicalization of both the right and the left like a lot just talking about because we just have these echo chambers with people uh, reiterating the same exact ideas and they continue to get more and more extreme because there's no debate or rebuttal. Like you, know, you said,
3: in the early days of YouTube, I started to get very radical because it was what you were talking about. You, the more radical you get, the the larger your cult following builds faster, and, and I was like propelling it, and I went semi-crazy. I almost killed myself and I stopped making videos. I started building minds behind like the in, scenes. Intentionally
1: or like... No, like I was just so
3: depressed with the world and what was happening and yeah. I was r- o- overly red-pilled, I guess. I, I overdosed. black um And I find now I'm way more resilient to being radicalized because I once was. Mm-hmm. I have this... I understand how it happens. I went through it once before and I can I can see it happening. Also, watching it happen to myself on video when I go back and watch my videos helps a lot. Because I see myself as a per I don't have to see it from my own perspective. I can see it from an outside perspective and watch myself go crazy. And more people should do that. Let themselves be seen in public. I know it's it's risky and it's it's nerve wracking, but it's worth it. This is
0: what's been happening since the since censorship became an issue. The right is overly policed. So the only people left standing are suit wearing, you know, more moderate or slightly center right conservative types. The left is left, you know, unabated. So the worst of the worst shine through Mm -hmm. the way I described it before is like, imagine there are two kids and the parent doesn't let their ones, their son have any ice cream, but their daughter is allowed to have all the ice cream they want. So you walk up and you see two kids and you've got the daughter covered in chocolate and fudge all over her face. And she looks like a, a disaster. And you're like, that kid is unkempt, messy and disorganized. Something's wrong with it. And then you look over and you see this clean cut looking, you know, child wearing a nice little suit and you're like, see, that's how you should do it. The assumption is one kid is inherently better than the other, but the reality is the parent just doesn't let one kid anywhere near ice cream. So what happens on social media is you can have a fringe right-wing conspiracy theorist go on the platform and they get nuked in two seconds. You can have Antifa advocate for violence and they're allowed. So what the left ends up, what ends up happening to regular, uh, you know, your, your more mainstream urban liberal types, your city, urban liberal, liberal types is the prominent voices that get play are extreme and uncensored. They say crazy things and they're allowed. So what happens When Richard Spencer got punched in the face, the entirety of the establishment left was cheering, calling for violence and celebrating it. When the Covington kid situation happened, you had large quantities of blue check establishment personalities and journalists advocating for violence against these kids. The right can go nowhere near that. So you typically don't see the right calling for violence on Twitter. Granted, I think if the right was uncensored as well, you'd probably see similar things, but they get purged from the platform. It gives the right a more clean cut appearance. So... What they're effectively doing is the left is continually radicalizing itself through their own privilege and control of institutions. I think that will lead to their downfall because regular people who don't want to be involved in this are starting more and more to align with conservatives. We see it in basically every poll. Is the economy doing well? Independents and Republicans agree. It's not. Democrats, for some reason, think it is. Do you approve of Joe Biden? Independents and conservatives are like, no way, he's doing a bad job. Democrats are out there in, in Wally world believing their own cult nonsense. Because of this, Regular middle of the road people, the people Republicans need in order to get elected, they're siding with Republicans now. The general uh, the general uh, ballot polling for the midterms shows Republicans with a major advantage in five thirty eight, about two and a half points, and real, real Clear Politics is like three and a half points. When Democrats have five points or less, they lose seats. If Republicans now have an advantage. I mean, some some are speculating it's going to be massive in November for Republicans. Not that I think the Republicans will do anything, but, you know, people are certainly pissed off.
1: You know what? Real fast, just to say, to, to your point, there's a, it's so common, actually, that the FBI had to add the phrase in Minecraft to their list of, uh, of dog whistles because there was so much talk about violence and adding uh, additives to them that's increased so heavily that the FBI even got involved. And I'm not even saying that, you know, sometimes in wars are necessary. There are righteous wars. But what I, what I, what I want to thank you for, for sharing that, that story is like people don't realize that I myself too started out extremely radical, nearly cult-like, like into the terms of like when I, where I started was, like, you know, FEMA camps and Alex, like Alex Jones got me started in politics. And then I switched over to like Ben Shapiro and stuff. And that people were nervous about my my political beliefs. I was getting in trouble. I was doing activism. I, you know, early on had Obama's a communist t-shirt, got banned from political statements at school. Um, I'm not going to explain everything I did, but I ended up getting suspended for some of my activism in high school. And I overcorrected and I started, you know, doing the more of the PragerU, Charlie Kirk stuff, you know, big tent Let's all just get along. I'm tired of the animosity. And it was just super, super cringy. Like I, when I look back at myself now, I'm like, I don't even recognize the person I was. I sort of overcorrected, like you said, because it was like, I got so like, scared. I was like, dude, the, the world, the world's coming to an end. Like I'm going to freaking die. And so the point is, is like, I think sometimes when you go through that moment to where you, you did find yourself in what would be considered an extremist, if I shared some of the views I held then, I, w- I could be kicked off the, I would be kicked off the internet where it is now. And then I overcorrected to the point where I was like too cringe for the internet. And I look at some of my old things I've made. I'm like, wow, that guy sucks. Like you're such a loser and it's such a weak position. You need to get stronger. And so starting from that overcorrection, now I can see like I get why people do follow and believe these radical things. But I also think we need to keep them based in reality. And I also get nervous too, because a lot of these are religiously motivated arguments, but neglect to bring the Bible and actually God's character into account. So these are people, I talk to a lot of these people who are, who are very zealous and religious and I respect that, but they don't know their Bible. It comes a lot of times from a place of self-righteousness and bitterness and anger and hatred for the world that they've been given. And I, I love, I love the fact that they want to change the world. But I do fear, because I've been seeing it across the board with Gen Z, we're not the popular ones. They're not flooding into our shows. They're flooding into those shows. And if you look at their conferences and what's going on, they're getting bigger, bigger and bigger. And that's that's our fault if we're not extending and trying to bridge the gap and we just blame tech companies and go, well, I guess life is like this and we're just on the outskirts. It's like, no, I, I believe in an America where we can bridge this intellectual gap that we're having. Dude, a few years ago, we, Ben we, Shapiro was considered the intellectual dark web. And now people think Ben Shapiro is like the softest dude ever on, on major social issues. And that was what? In like since 2016? But intellectual
0: dark web was 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 progressives. No, but-, but, but he was the but, only conservative. But, but I,
1: that's what I'm, but I'm saying. He was considered to be like controversial. And it's like Ben Shapiro is not controversial at all. Like, like he's probably one of the most kosher people. I'm, I'm saying I see a problem. We, we have a lot of Gen emerging. Z viewers. No, yes, yeah, so do I. 25% of my, my audience yeah. are about 22%. That's not what I meant. Overall, there are Gen Z, that's where they're gravitating. So people are, but it's not like all Gen Z is going in our direction. I see the shift turning into more extreme. Like I think it's because,
2: too, Gen Z is living through the most insane period our country has seen in a long time. Uh, Again, look at what's going on with the Supreme Court nominee right now. She can't even identify what a woman is Mm. and then uses the word immediately after. They're living through this insane time of cancel culture. Uh, So we have this entire subset of the generation that feels so ostracized, feels so radicalized, and then they see the conservative Movement that is supposed to stand for them and its people, like I said, Matt Schlapp, who are big tent conservatism. They don't draw any hard lines, which is why conservatism as a whole is just liberalism at this point. Uh, And that's even my beef with libertarianism. If you look at human psychology, people do at their core inherently need to be led like not everybody is a leader some people are followers and if you don't have somebody in the conservative movement that's actually leading the movement in the way that it should be led and it's actually standing up for these conservative values look at where we're at right now that's why we have two factions of conservatism that's why gen z feels so unheard because they think that conservatives are weak and pathetic because they are because we're uh, you know promoting people like Caitlyn jenner we're promoting people who do not stand for traditional conservatism and they see that
3: um, well, hey, guys. Everyone's looking at me. I, <laughs> I, I find that the, that the solution purpose. lies in the systems that we create. Uh, mm-hmm. We've been working with a charity. We're building a charity that is building decentralized software where you can host your own content on a server of your choice or your own server and get direct subscriptions. Uh, it's, you still have to worry about Verizon shutting you down and your ISP shutting you down. Yeah. Um, well, maybe Verizon is the ISP. But there's also a mesh networking app called Briar where you can actually download the app and text people offline with Bluetooth. So we're we're building up we the used, mesh uh, network. Uh, Cruise it once, Briar, awesome.
0: Not specifically. There was there was another app that did just that, and it was the craziest thing. They told everyone turn your Bluetooth on, and then everyone's phone acts like a cell tower, so you could message a friend, and your your message is encrypted, and it bounced off of everyone's. It bounces there everyone's it phone. Everyone's phone gets it, but only the one with the key would actually see mm-hmm. the message. Pop you can out.
3: use it in a war if all the power goes out, for instance. That's now the kind of awesome. I guess I'm the, coming here in a war. Oh, dude, it's gonna be <laughs> no, so fun. I mean, you can Let's we're play badminton, uh,
0: bro. The reason I bring it up. Oh, Oh, it's
3: because I do believe that there needs to be more leaders and Mm -hmm. but that not like people like Elon Musk. He doesn't come out and tell everyone, hey, I'm your leader now. He just makes great technology. And because of that, we look at him like a sort of leader. Mm -hmm. So I want to be kind of like I'm trying to do that.
2: Right. Yeah. That's what people need.
0: Let's do this. Let's do one more quick segment. Let's talk about war because we got it. The New York Times ran the story, the smaller bombs that could turn Ukraine into a nuclear war zone. A photo released by Russian state-owned news agency showing the Iskander M launch vehicle being loaded with a ballistic missile during military exercises at a Russian firing range in the, how do you pronounce that? Usur, Usurysk in 2016. Oh, I
3: don't know. <laughs> now this Sorry. is, this is
0: great. In destructive power, the behemoths of the Cold War dwarfed the American atomic bomb that destroyed Hiroshima. Washington's biggest test blast was 1,000 times as large. Moscow's was 3,000 times. On both sides, the idea was to deter strikes with threats of vast retaliation, with mutual assured destruction, or MAD. The psychological bar was so high that nuclear strikes came to be seen as unthinkable. Today, both the Russia uh, Russia and the U.S. have nuclear arms that are much less destructive. Their power just fractions of the Hiroshima's bombs force. They're used perhaps less frightening and more thinkable. So this is what I was uh, talking about a few weeks ago when I said nuclear war can. It seems to me to be uh, possible, and, um, but Tim, it's okay. Maybe, it's good for a, the
2: environment. Remember? A, a the media came out and said that it's good for the environment. Well,
0: that was 10 years ago. I think USA Today had read an op-ed saying a small nuclear war could yep. be good for the environment. <laughs> so what I'm, what I'm saying is we might see nuclear artillery. We're going to see Russia will use, in my opinion, if they need to, if they are losing, I would mean, I would not be surprised if Russia does use nukes. I don't know. Let me make sure I'm clarifying this. I don't know if the probability that Russia uses uses this is 10% or 2%. 50% or 1%. But Vladimir Putin continually threatens to use nukes as he will not back down. There are a lot of people who fear that uh, NATO doesn't care. They're reckless or Biden is completely inept. And what we'll end up seeing is Russia, they keep reporting as being backed into a corner. I don't completely believe that. I think it would be absurd to think Ukraine could beat Russia. Russia's a massive power, even if it's not as big as NATO, it's like half as big as NATO. But if Russia gets pressed, uh, uh, if Russia gets pressed by NATO, they may say, okay, Let's land the big guns. Gravity bombs, maybe something not as big as is Hiroshima or Nagasaki, but powerful bombs. They're already using the ther- ther- thermobaric bombs. These things are crazy. It, the missile comes out, comes down, ejects fuel, spraying it all through the air and then sucks all the air up and explodes like just vaporizing people. So they've already got very, very powerful, but lower yield weapons. If Putin had to, I think he would use it. If NATO intervenes, I think it's possible he does. And then I'm worried about what happens to Europe. Will we will we actually see Russia say, you're not going to nuke us back. We can do what we want. And then, uh, you know, honestly, I was thinking about it earlier because there's a conspiracy theory. Someone predicted a year ago what's happening now. And so this this meme's going viral where some guys like, here's what's going to happen with Russia. And the next step they said was that NATO would get involved. Russia would threaten nuclear weapons. NATO would call their bluff. Russia would say, oh yeah, and then fire a nuke. And then you get nuclear war. I'm not entirely like, I, it, it seems far-fetched. But I also think it would be silly for us at this point. It would be uh, it would be optimism and normalcy bias to think a nuclear war would never happen.
3: You, I think specifically you're talking about explosive nuclear weapons too, because we uh, the Americans in Iraq in the second Iraq War used depleted uranium uh, weapons. Because in order to penetrate armor in a tank that's made with the depleted uranium, you need depleted uranium bullets. So they just sprayed them across the desert. They're underground in the desert, irradiating yeah we're, we're talking that's about nuclear war
0: so not all nuclear weapons have have a radio, radioactive yield uh that's intentional so some of them actually don't some of them are just concussive shockwaves or explosive but yeah I'm, i mean you know what are your thoughts do you think where, where do you think this goes and and, and what would you do
2: see where all would i would say to that is what what's to deter russia from using nuclear weapons
3: to keep that they want to keep their country intact and they want to keep Ukraine intact.
2: But do you really think that Russia fears the U.S.? Does Russia fear NATO? Does Russia fear anyone right now? I mean, we right now, we were, you know, under Donald Trump and even Trump came out and said this. Russia didn't act this way. Putin didn't act this way when Trump was in office because Trump was a respected leader, whether or not the left wants to say that or not. Like he was, you know, off the cuff. No one ever knew what was going to happen with him. Look what happened with Soleimani and Iran when they messed with America. Donald Trump, you know brought down the hammer look at russia right now they're not fearful of anything they're not fearful of retaliation because we're not a superpower anymore i really you know would venture to say that and again with the whole nato situation i'm not a geopolitical expert so you know inform me on this point but well, like what is really to stop russia from doing this
0: well we the u.s is a superpower what the mean, issue we're is a, not the
1: anymore perfectly yeah, that's superpower. the issue
0: is that thucydides trap looms and uh, there's a there's a one of the, one of these there's a conspiracy theory that Western powers for the past 20 years have known Thucydides trap as a real possibility, and as we've already shown all of you, the liberal world order exists. The Council on for- Foreign Relations explains this, and they say there will be a new world order. Mm-hmm. One of the theories is that the powerful elites of the Con- Council on Foreign Relations, the Trilateral, Com- Tri- Trilateral Commission, etc. I mean, these are organizations that outright just say they're doing these things, and you, you can call it a conspiracy. I don't know, whatever. Maybe they're lying. But uh, CFR is NewsGuard certified. They say there's a liberal world order. Now, these people have to be aware of Thucydides' trap, that U.S. Growing, US uh, is, is, is a large economic power, the largest, and China is growing as an economic power, and that means World War III is likely. If your intention is to prevent World War III, then you need to stop Thucydides' trap from happening. Well, you can't stop China from growing, so what do you do? You cut off the tall grass in the U.S. You cripple the United States so that they fall as fast as China rises, and thus you avoid a war. I'm not saying that's true, but I'm saying it's certainly you know, one theory about the policies enacted by the Biden administration and the Obama administration that have seemingly mm-hmm. hurt the United States, and not even them. I mean George W. Bush and
1: Bill Clinton as well. Yeah. Well, I don't even believe the narrative that the, the nuclear war – is going to happen? I I think it's always possible, right? There's always everything's possible. Ian might give me a million dollars, so possibly it is possible. We never actually know. Uh, but ultimately speaking, I think this is to, to stoke the fear with this idea. If there was going to be a real nuclear attack, I don't think the media would actually be discussing this. I think we'd be in preparation mode, and something would be announced with like a genuine understanding. Hey, this is like a like how they did with Russia. How they go. They're going to invade on this day. Like, this is what's going to happen. And no one heard about this until Russia was going to invade. Now, of course, I joked about it that week ago. That was the zero-day war because they kept getting it wrong. And if yeah. we leave it up to the Biden administration to literally be stupid enough to, like, announce the exact day that he knows he's going to invade as if, you know, he's going to – Putin's going to be like, okay, I'll go ahead and keep to the date so we don't change our dinner plans. Um, but, you know, he ended up invading. He ended up going in, inside and, and, and going, uh, you know, first the peacekeeping mission and then moving forward. But – Ultimately everything i hear is about creating hatred not just for russia but for russians and the hatred for russians is why i don't believe the nuclear side because anything they can use to get people to distance themselves and recreate an iron curtain an iron wall between that nation seems to be at hand and there's one thing i know not everyone cares about anything but everybody knows nuclear war especially boomers and people who grew up you know and had to do the drills underneath their desks they're aware of this they've been around uh, around the the bush here and they don't want that and nobody wants that and that's why i think they start to say like small nuclear warheads because the chances of russia like they know it's ludicrous letting off you know these you know megaton warheads this is not going to happen so they have to shrink the threat this is the first time i've ever heard in history and i might be wrong where we're talking about you know oh micro warheads and we're back to micro penises and micro no, warheads I everything's think, shrinking like, we, back and we, we've fashion. been
0: talking about this for a few weeks
1: no no that's not what i meant i meant like not this story today i, I i've heard this this argument i meant now it's like where they have to kind of change the threat from something that we've never had this global discussion on micro warheads to like this might happen. And I always feel like with the ghost of Kiev, Snake Island, the video that came out today that you mentioned on Twitter, it's been nothing but propaganda to the point that I just put pictures up from my trip in Ukraine and people needed to debunk them. Like but, but, I'm sitting here right now, fast flight.
0: But the nuclear war angle is actually
1: preventing NATO from intervening. But I, but I don't, the other, but I, but I don't, th- I don't think so though, because I, I, I think that Putin is pretty, if you watch what his speeches are, not that I would believe everything he says, he's kind of upfront about what he wants. And I think the issue, even if you go back to Noam Chomsky trying to explain what's been happening inside of Ukraine, he's not okay with it being militarized. He does not want it armed. He wants a neutral position between NATO and Russia. He knows these are two different worlds. Could Putin do anything? Why Anyone want could. Because we have a different idea for, for our society, for our life. It's a whole new movement. He no, cares no, no. about,
0: why, why does he want Ukraine to be neutral?
1: Because right, that's right at his border. He so is, want so the, is
0: Estonia and Latvia.
1: Yeah, but I think Ukraine actually has – I believe they're more corrupted in terms of with our own regime and government. I think it's a puppet what, arm of the United States. But it's,
0: it's Estonia and Latvia are,
1: are NATO members. Yes, but I'm saying, I think Ukraine specifically, like as we're seeing now, I don't know if we're going to donate, like with Georgia, I don't think we're going to, I don't know if we're going to really donate arms and really fight as hard as you would think, but Ukraine sits as a middle puppet that we control, that we don't control, but it's still for money laundering. it's a U.S.
0: proxy. it, it, It is, in my opinion, nothing to do with neutrality. Vladimir Putin wants access to their only warm water port in Crimea. And if Ukraine goes EU, they cut Russia off. So Russia moves in through the east. They go, they go into the country. They're effectively trying to bifurcate from the north and the south. Uh, ultimately, I don't know where, where Putin goes with this. Neutrality is, I believe, part of his goal. I think it has a lot to do with him wanting to maximize um, uh, energy sales into Europe, which is what you know essentially helps fund the, the Russian economy. But I think uh, Crimea, there's a reason he took it instantly. Russia has one warm water port in the Black Sea, one warm water port. It's in the Black Sea. It's Crimea. And they need more than just you know going south through Crimea. They need the, the, the land bridge to the north. That, I think, is why Putin is doing it. Okay, he doesn't I'm, care I'm, about Estonia and Latvia Sure, because he doesn't have anything there. He has Kaliningrad. He has access to the Baltic Sea already. So he doesn't care about these other states.
1: I mean, it's, a, it's an onion. I think it's multifaceted. And I think if you've seen this, all we've heard about Ukraine the last few years has been American corruption money laundering, elitist families. And even Trump, you saw that, I mean, back that old clip where he's literally sitting with Zelensky saying this is a very corrupt country that that deals with massive layers of corruption, meaning we've known this is a problem state. And Putin's been aware of this too. But I'm just saying when me when Noam Chomsky and me are agreeing that something's very wrong in the world in general, saying and warning just in 2018, hey— the media has been deceiving the Ukrainian people, Western media, into thinking they can be a Western nation, but it has been understood it's with Gorbachev on that any sort of push to move Western in Ukraine would end in a bloody war and would end in some sort of, you know, uh, aggression from the Russian government. No matter what leader was in power, he was saying they're not going to accept that and they're going to invade. So I'm just saying that, you know, they've been duped just like we're standing with Ukraine. I think the, the Ukrainians don't realize that the, the proxy that they have and the importance of that position. I believe the West pushed this invasion to be necessary i don't think if we hadn't if we had pulled out not installed our own regime not created a revolution through social media i don't think this would have happened now but i do believe that because of the inability for the west and the east to somehow leave some country alone we can't leave anybody alone this was going to happen eventually.
0: you you want to know there's there's a simple reason why ukrainians favor the eu and you know what it is what holiday
3: yeah
0: that's, that's that's really the big so it's a really I, horrifying story. When I yeah, so uh, Russia wants to expand its power, they want the Russian Trade Federation, the EU obviously wants to expand, wants the breadbasket of Europe. When I went to Ukraine and talked to a lot of people, they all said we have the opportunity to either join with Russia and have this trade federation, which would benefit us greatly, or the EU, which would be you know very similar. And then a lot of people were like, We don't trust Russia because they genocided our, our people.
3: Yeah, the Hold'em more a man made famine. A man-made famine convulsed the Soviet Republic of Ukraine from 1932 to 33. How many people died? How many people starved so to death? Isn't it like
0: tens of millions? So many. Yeah, because the because uh, the, the Soviets had disdain for the Ukrainians as a people and wanted to. A like, man-made but famine. But then in World dude.
1: War II, technically, still they gave. A lot of their own life. 3.9 million. I mean, or to like sort of to fight in Ukraine. Soviets? I mean, wasn't there quite a bit of troops they lost? The Soviets
0: executed all the intellectuals in, in Eastern Europe took over the communists were just like a, a, a malignancy of evil yeah,
1: but russian history goes way before the so- the soviets i'm just saying like that's yeah, obviously a, pe- a period but I'm, I'm not defending the soviet time but i'm saying this idea of a russian federation that's, of the, that's, 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 of the that's, that's, russian people I, I do believe there is some shared understanding and value i mean it's not l- too long ago with with, the, I'm, not, with I'm, the, not t- I'm
0: not talking about my opinion on russia i'm saying yeah. the ukrainians i spoke with said we don't trust the russians we know it happened 20 years ago I mean what year was the holiday number? It was like late 32, 33. 32, 33. I wouldn't trust Between the Between thirty one and thirty four. The yes. And then you had just the Soviet Union uh uh going until uh, uh you know only twenty or thirty years ago. So these people are like, nah, not interested. You know, they're like, We'll take the capitalists in Europe for all their faults. So Yeah, but I'm saying I think
1: the media brainwashed them into thinking that could happen. Like that's my whole point is that I, like our media, you know, tells us things that are absolutely false. That there was, you know, we were safe in in Afghanistan. That it was going to be a smooth pullout. And it wasn't a smooth pullout. It was literally like a, you know, end of prom night. Sloppy. It was a surrender,
3: a literal military surrender.
1: And they said it wasn't like Vietnam, but it was. I'm saying I do believe that our media, that the the influence by NATO and the West has tricked them into thinking that they could be a part of the West without a war. And I'm, I'm not blaming them. Do whatever the hell you want with your own country. You don't like the Russians? Fine. But just so you know, if you want this... You're going to have the situation on your hand with 10 million refugees, and that's. I'm not blaming the people for getting duped. I'm saying I believe that this was. If this continued the way it did, as we're seeing, it was going to be unavoidable because Russia wasn't going to put up with it, even if it's for whatever reason you said or things that we don't know. Because I'm not a, an expert, despite the joke that I'm a Eastern European war expert, because everyone is now. Because right. um, <laughs> I put a Russia and a Ukraine flag in my bio, so now I know I'm I, I'm an oh, expert solidarity. Yeah, uh, I I'm just going to say I think we'll find out the real point of this. As time goes on. And if he's going to push forward, no crap. I mean, I'm not going to accept that. I wouldn't accept Russia pushing further into Europe. And I don't think any European country should. And I hope we don't ever get there. Let's go to super chats. If you haven't already
0: smash that like button, subscribe to the channel, share the show. If you really like it and go to timcast.com, become a member. We're going to have a very spicy members only show I can just sell and you're going to love it. So that will be over at timcast.com around 11 or so PM. Sign up, help out, help us out. And let's read some of these super chats make 1984 fiction again says Elijah you cannot claim to be against authoritarianism and grow an undeniable symbol of authority under your nose like that
1: (laughs) oh thank you I'm not fully against authoritarianism
3: and i thought the mustache was gorgeous
1: yeah yeah mustache march is turning it's going to go into uh, mustache may it's not the worst when
3: you think of liberty is. and authority what where how do you balance those out on the variance scale percentage True. wise if you start
1: seeing the mustache shrinking towards the middle you should get That's worried are you okay with like
3: 23% authority 70 <laughs> 67 or it 77% percent you having an obsession liberty? with the
1: roman salute and stuff yeah exactly. call me
3: yep. <laughs> you got to
1: <laughs>
0: All right, let's see. Hamrod says, Tim, regarding my Dan Crenshaw chat yesterday, an audio came out of Dan saying he's not establishment, but YouTube, YouTubers are. Also, thanks for having Elijah on. Uh, did you hear about that? Dan Crenshaw saying YouTubers were establishment or something? I
1: heard
2: that. Dan, yeah, he said that influencers, Crenshaw? Conservative influencers were grifters.
1: Dan Crenshaw!
0: Did he actually say that. grifter? I
2: don't know if he said grifter, oh! but that's essentially what he was saying, oh. is that they're uh what
1: do you? How do you really feel about Dan Crenshaw? We staff?
2: love Dan Crenshaw. We absolutely love him. We have a. Actually, we don't have a Barbie doll in, more, or memory of Dan Crenshaw. We have Madison Cawthorn, though. Yeah, we do. We have a Madison Cawthorn Barbie. Yeah, we do.
0: Huh. All right.
1: <laughs>
2: Friedrich. Like, what? I don't know.
0: Frederick Borman. Meals. Friedrich Borman says, "Tim, would you be interested in speaking with the most prominent Russian libertarian Mikhail Svetov? You can reach him on Twitter at msvetov. Msvetov." He is a former chairman of Russian Libertarian Party and organized one of the biggest protests in Russian history. Interesting. We'll take a look. We'll look oh, into him. I'm going to check him out. Yep. Tomahawk says, read your comments about Star Trek versus wars. The politics in the prequels is actually pretty interesting. Alex Jones did a video on it where he talks about the conspiracy the elites employed to start a civil war and gain power. Yeah, that's true. I do like that. the uh, The prequel politics, although I don't think the movies were particularly well made. I just think Star Trek has a large swath of really great philosophical, moral, and ethical content. That's uh, it's very interesting. Good stuff. Eric Cecil says, Reddit got two battalions of the Ukrainian Foreign Legion killed by sharing their location via metadata on their posts. I don't think a lot of people are thinking about this decision because of media uh, lionization, but I hope they get a lot of upvotes. So yeah, that was one of the stories we didn't get to. It's uh, a viral post on Reddit where uh, people were celebrating like, hey, we're here with, you know, we're volunteering for Ukraine. We're a bunch of untrained random people who came here. And the Russians, who are sophisticated military experts, said, we can easily identify where this building is. And then they blew it up. Duh. That's, yeah, that's the problem man.
2: with what social media people trying to go to Ukraine for clout and get clicks on a photo.
1: I'm getting nervous oh, no. now. Like three days before you were leaving you kept putting up pictures in the studio, slightly offensive studio <laughs> yeah, with like yeah. geotags and location? I'm like kept saying, hey, I'm here. <laughs> Here's right. my exact He stands with Ukraine. Guys. He stands with Ukraine. That was very weird. Yeah. Now we know That was weird. I'm CIA.
0: A... says, Tim, too have too you too seen small. who's the new president of Earth in Star Trek Discovery? I think you'll agree she's out of this world. Is that
1: Stacey Abrams? Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Star crazy. Trek Discovery
1: yeah. isn't Star Trek. It's fan fiction. The first president to also have their own gravitational pull. Oh, yeah.
2: They, they oh, orbit planets yes. and
1: moons orbit them. <laughs> Correct. Stacey Abrams.
0: <laughs> Ross says, Tim, I feel your view so about no shadowy cabal to control everything is naive. Biden is doing the bidding of his masters in the Federal Reserve, privately and foreign investors owned. They funded Lenin. This is business as usual. So, what I was saying when Biden said there, you know, there, we created a liberal world order, and then every three to four generations, there's like a, you know, a big event, and sixty million people died, and and then he was like, there will be a new world order. It's funny because he's like referencing the fourth turning. So, uh, my point was, what happens at the World Economic Forum? I think people assume there's like a big grand table where they all sit around, and Joe Biden's like all right, masters, tell me what to do. Uh, That's not what happens. They, 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 these people have meetings, they have shared goals. It's easier. Like the problem with a lot of people's view of these things, that there's like an organization to it is that that actually, in my opinion, gives them more credit than they deserve. And it actually is less scary. The scarier thing is that there is an ideological, there's a sphere of influence of powerful elites who get together, and they pull people in, and some people pop out. But this sphere, this hive, this swarm exists.
3: That's what when you guys were talking about superpowers earlier. And who is it? Is it China or the U.S.? But I think it's like the SWIFT payment system and the Bank of International Settlements. The Federal Reserve sold us out, man. And that thing, if it wants to shut your country off from your economy, that's the, one of the greatest powers you have on Earth.
0: But so, so, so it's essentially a rich person can enter the sphere of influence – and it's not like anyone tells them what to do. You know, Bezos or Bill Gates, certainly people came before them, right? It's that you you reach this level and then you get invited to these meetings where you sit down and they say, what do you think? You've got this big company. And then everyone talks and ultimately they all align themselves cooperatively, not authoritatively. You know what I mean?
2: Isn't it kind of crazy how Bill Gates and Oprah Winfrey and a bunch of these billionaires were meeting together talking about depopulation? That, had, that was a Wall Street Journal article. You can look that up back in 2015, I believe. Uh, they were all They all got together. They were talking about that's depopulation what, I,
0: that, that, That's the point. There's no boss
3: of them. Well, I yeah. think they were talking about slowing the population growth. Mm. It's different than actually depopulating. Gotcha, gotcha.
2: Correct. I will say this, one.
1: though. True Wealth is receiving a gift from Ian. That's right. This thing's heavy, too. I'm going yeah. right. to request a roll Trump from both changes. of you. Yeah. You're
3: holding up the 100-sided die. How do even roll this? Very you slowly. It. Or yeah. it's yeah. just going to keep rolling.
1: Every time I'm here, I see it's something guy, right? that I didn't know just existed. There it goes. Wow,
2: oh. Into the gems. All right, what is it? Yeah. What do the
1: gems do, Ian? All sorts. Okay, they The vibrate. top number
2: is 81. Oh, very Interesting. nice. Nice roll. That's 81. a great roll. I feel like they're cool. like dragon stones. I'm going to grab that later. Oh, yeah, I know yeah. they're heavy. I love them. Yeah. They're awesome. All right, All right
0: cool. let's let's hey, let's read these one. super one. chats. Ow. We got one. We got two super chats <laughs> I'm going to read, and you'll like them both. Uh, Porkins Holt says, Tim is 100% right. Elijah forgot how to fight. Oh. But Robert oh, Delvick Silverstone says, Elijah is right. Everybody who needs the slim chance of making a life do not dare question the branch they are standing on. So the second guy was right. Good job, man. You were, you were the- <laughs> well, I'll give you another one. Ryan Knoll says, 100% with Elijah. Your arrogance, Tim, is causing you to lack any empathy for these girls. You have to remember these women are young. They don't have the life experience. Thank you, Elijah. Well put. It- well, well, I blame their
1: parents. <laughs> I was gonna say, Tim, one thing that we share in common is that people tell us that we don't shut up, we don't let our guests talk, and we're arrogant. So I'm glad to know that we have the same haters, but they're probably the same commenters. like, they're at your show, they're like buying a comment on it's Tim It's like copy cool. and paste. And copy and, and they just changed Agent Tim with Elijah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> you know, the issue with the parents on this one is that they're all same in college. Haters. These kids, these well, these grown adult women are in college at this point, so their parents aren't involved anymore. I mean, they're this, adults. This,
0: this, this is the craziest thing to me. It's like, how old are they? They're 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 adults. They're in their twenties.
2: Dude, but think about your mentality when you were <laughs> eighteen to twenty-two. I was, uh, I was an idiot.
3: I was an idiot. Yeah, I didn't idiot. know much at all. That's
2: what I'm saying. It's like you when you're eighteen to twenty-two, like you're just taking drugs. Drinking, I blame the going Raves.
3: I that was you, you, I guess. Have you
1: smoke twenty-three started smoking pot? You spoke. <laughs> you, Steph, you, spoke you, you spoke to the college students about the penises and the periods i I watched you what did they say because i i was i could not believe what i was listening to this is who's in college now
2: no i mean i said the quote earlier that what men can get periods they can get pregnant women have penises they were saying and i asked them i was like so uh have you seen leah thomas stand next to uh you know her female athletes and competitors and they're like no no, we can't see a biological difference. They mm-hmm. look exactly the I, same.
3: I think it's very stark, but, you know, that's because it was a man that transitioned into a woman yeah. and that, you know, that stands... It's just your
2: opinion, Ian. Th- it's not just, the fact that, uh, you know, Leah Thomas has you know, broad <laughs> shoulders and is six feet tall. Look,
0: man, if... That's one if, broad
2: if, female. <laughs> if you
0: if if you have one faction that is willing to burn down cities and the other faction is like, Tim, don't get mad at people who won't stand up for themselves. Like, I'm not surprised. Yeah, yet. we
2: are kind of in a war. Look, you're right.
0: When the Democrats accuse Brett Kavanaugh of being party to gang rape yeah. on more than one occasion and the best the right can muster up is josh hawley saying i have concerns about your lenient sentences and he actually went on to say i do believe judge uh, uh, uh katanji brown jackson will have a coherent and thoughtful response i believe she's she's uh you'll be able to well explain this why so how do you say her first just, name we will just uh, katanji
3: that's how we've been saying it i don't know
0: but but, but the right. point is I tweeted this: If the Republicans were as arrogant, or I said as ruthless and, ca- and ha- had the callousness and ruthlessness of the Democrats, they'd be calling Ketanji Brown a pedophile. Yep. But the Republicans are extremely weak, at least relative to Democrats. Now you can say principled in, in a sense that they don't want to, you know, uh, besmirch the decorum of the chamber and they're trying to be fair and reasonable. But this is my point: um, When you have, you know, I'm, I'm not asking these young girls to throw away their careers. But I'm asking to take a, a small risk, right? So some people have said, okay, Tim, but you support YouTube. You're using the platform. You know, they censor people. And I'm like, yeah, and we've had Steve Bannon on what three times, four times. I mean, mm-hmm. Alex Jones on four times. Yep. We regularly, you know, do everything we can to, you know, these are people who are censored. We, we've brought them back to the platform and we'll keep doing things like that. And then we set up TimCast.com where we can carry out other conversations. Mm -hmm. And then we advocate for things like Rumble. So we're absolutely speaking up and trying to push back while being a part of this. If these young women at the swim meets were like, hey, we all kind of have an issue with this. We're going to swim. I'd be like, right on. I, I, I respect that. My issue is the only person to speak up is the one who got bumped. Like, not even the person right above her is like, yeah, that's not cool she got bumped. She won't even say anything. Was she
1: out of an NDA or something? That was my question to you, um, is that I'm wondering if while they're in the competition, it would be interesting to find out if there's certain rules on, like, you know, not making political statements and or something like that. Well, that's that. what they were told, is that they had bumped, to be silence,
2: could, silent about Leah Thomas because it was such a controversial issue, which is why none of them spoke out except for Rose Pouch, who is the... Uh, athlete that i interviewed
1: because yeah, i've been involved in, in an organization before when i was in high school and um it was like a student leadership type thing now of course it was a very far left progressive california group but it was very keen on not like making political statements and why well, i would find this ironic with turning point like we're non-profit we can't make political statements I'm like okay, i get what you're saying but you're a political group but I, i'm i know some that's people true, though I, well, I, I know i'm saying I, that's a little different but i'm wondering if They're just thinking like, hey, yeah, like Leah Thomas can't make a political statement. I can't. Even though Leah Thomas is a political statement, like the existence is a political statement, Mm -hmm. I think. And you would even argue, yeah, them swimming is a political statement that they agree because they're not quitting. Maybe they just don't understand what a political statement is and they don't realize that it's going to take one to speak to open up the floodgate or I'm wrong. And they all agree and they're brainwashed like the rest of America, which sucks. All right. Here's one other
0: one. Pork (laughs) and says, Tim is right. Y'all are short-sighted and our kids will suffer when we die. Imagine the founders if they didn't fight because they'd lose it all. Excuses. It's a it's it's a good debate. I will be. I, w- I will I just, be honest. Is didn't uh, less than
1: one percent? But didn't I, I might be wrong with this? But in the in the revolution, didn't like one percent or less? And I might sound like a total idiot right now. Like actually fight in the war of the population. Maybe it was more than that. But I was reading. We, like, we don't we don't actually know.
0: Some say it's three percent. Right.
1: So what I was saying is is that. That My point wasn't that we don't need fighters. It's sad that we're in a point where we expect not only everyone to fight, but like women too, where like, I wish the fight against this was with male administrators that were fighting for what's going on in the university and dads and parents, not like Mm -hmm. these girls who are like, hey, you better not swim. It's like, that's what it's gotten dead this far. You're like, that sucks. Cause yeah. All right. So we got this
0: from Zentheus who says, if I stood up for what I believed, I would never work a day in my life and no way would I be able to provide for my fiance's immigration into the USA. My response to that is, you care more about your fiance's immigration than you do the values of the United States. If that statement uh, offends you, that says more about your own values than mine. Because typically when I tell people this, they get really mad. So uh, someone, i I told this story before, who said, I really want to do what you do. I want to travel the world and do journalism. And then I said, well, then go do it. Mm -hmm. The response to me was, I can't afford it. And I was like, you have a you have a Williamsburg apartment for like several thousand dollars a month. Get rid of the apartment, sleep on couches, and you can do it. And they said, but I like my apartment. And I'm like, then you like your apartment more than traveling the world and reporting on news. And they got really mad. And they're like, that's not true. I should have a right to live in a nice apartment and travel. And I'm like, I don't care about what you think your rights are. I'm pointing out you've got X amount of cash. You can choose to do one of two things. You've made your choice, showing where your priorities lie. So for Zentheus, I'm not issuing this as a as a, a moral statement or a value statement. I'm saying you care more about your fiance than you do about the USA. And maybe that's fine. I don't know.
1: Start pouring single, right, Sam? It's a hard
2: line to have, but it is true. I mean, like I said, this is a war. Like, whether or not we want to admit it, we are in a psychological war, if you will. We have two separate factions of America. So, what Tim is saying is right. If people want to enact real change, they're going to have to make big sacrifices. And that means losing your job, uh, you know, telling your fiance no for the next couple of years. But that's the reality of it.
1: But there are softer ways. And I, I do want to explain this. Like, I, when I got into this career, I didn't quit my job, my day job, until a year into this when I knew I could support myself. And I want to remind people, not on Patreon, that if you do have dreams or you do want to do stuff, sometimes we feel like we're left with two options, like Russia or Ukraine, rather than saying, well, I don't really stand with either. I stand with the people of both, but not either. Sometimes there is other options and there are other ways around things. So I always say when you're stuck between this like forced major of, hey, you got to choose and your life's going to get ruined if you don't do this. Ask yourself if there is a way to ease into the values that you want to appeal to or that you want to be, even if you're not ready now to like lose your job. Well, find out if you can protest more at work and start with something. I'm saying start with something to move yourself in the direction mm -hmm. so you don't live a hypocritical life. If you're not willing to make that big of a jump, at least make a small step and start making a, a strategic plan to getting to a point to where maybe you start your own business now so that you can quit the job and that you finally will be able to make the jump. and I don't think there's anything wrong, thing wrong with strategy.
0: There was a band in the 90s and I was reading the story. The lead singer ended up getting a job at a, as a manager of a theater and it was like this, this article was like very disparaging, like, wow, how you know he was this big famous musician and now what is he doing? Manager in a theater. And that's a scary story, the way that society treats you, if you have this you know, prominent position and you lose it. Mm-hmm. So I, I remember when I was working for Fusion, I had an ABC News badge. I was in the ABC News building. I had access to go around. I'd Whoopi Goldberg's in the elevator. I'd walk out and there were people all, there were these gates and security guards and no one could go anywhere near the doors. And they're always waiting, trying to get autographs. And I'm like, man, look where I am in this building. One block from Central Park, There's, there's, you know, all of these prominent ABC personalities. Um, I was getting paid hundreds of thousands of thousands of dollars per year. And then I was like, I can't do what they want me to do. And I don't want to be here Mm. because they were like, our audience is young and progressive. And that's what we're going to do. And that's what we want you to do. And so I told the president, we had a meeting. This was, um, I think we were in Vegas at the time. And I was like, break my contract. I can't do this anymore. And the scary thing to me was, I was like, if I break this contract for these reasons, I'm not going to work. In New York media ever again. It's done. These people have already started claiming that I was racist because they were all woke and I refused to play their game. They were, they were, uh, uh talking smack about me because I had appeared on Fox news after a Trump supporter got hit in the back with a bag of rocks. And I said, I'd rather be a theater manager than work in this industry. And after I left fusion, there was like five months of me literally doing nothing. I didn't know what to do. I'd wake up and then I would do like some live streams here and there. I'd wake up and play Destiny, you know, the video game. And then I thought to myself, as I pulled out of my savings, I was like, man, I don't know what I can do. I don't know where I'm supposed to go from here. There's no, there's no me getting a job at any of these companies now. They've all lost their minds and I don't want to work for them anyway. I had, I had meetings with Vox. I had meetings with Buzzfeed and I was just like, this was before fusion. And I was just like, there's no way I'm going to those companies after everything that happened at fusion. So what am I going to do? And I was like, man, I might have to just leave New York, go back to the suburbs, suburbs of Chicago and just work in consulting or something. And then I was like, all right, well, for the time being, I'll start working as hard as I can. But it was terrifying. Yeah. It, was, it was scary. And for the first few months of doing YouTube, I was negative and it cost me uh, a, a large portion of my savings. And then I was like, but I'm going to find a way to, 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 to get through this. It took me a year to get out of, uh, uh, out of the red and into the black. And then once I got into black, I was down probably tens of thousands of dollars.
2: Tim and C, I'm so happy you're sharing this story because so many people in our society today, we live in such an instant gratification society. They Mm -hmm. expect to get on YouTube, be famous immediately, make it. They expect to go out on the streets, get that viral clip, get on Tucker Carlson right away. And when it doesn't happen, they give up. And that's the difference between winners and losers is that everybody is going to fail at one point or another, but the winners continue to keep pushing forward until they reach their goal. So I'm so glad you said that story because, uh, you know, really shows the reality of this industry of success as a whole it's hard to get there it doesn't happen overnight you will struggle you will have to sacrifice your own savings account financially mentally physically i've seen it from everybody in this industry people have to sacrifice so much but once they achieve their goals everyone's looking at them now and is like well i want to do that too why can't i do it
0: i met uh try harder the guitarist from death get for cutie it's a band, um, if you guys have, mm-hmm. I don't know if you heard oh, of it. Oh, yeah. And I asked him, what was the key to success? Mm-hmm. He said, just keep playing music. Yeah. Because so many people will, you know, you've got all these bands around you when you're young, but one by one, they all quit, they give up. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, before you realize it, you're just the band that's left. So people know who you are because everyone else stopped. And if people want music, it's like, well, you've been around for a long time, so people have heard of you, they come to your shows, and then before you realize it, you're just the last remaining band from your, from your generation or whatever, from your group. And that was really it. It was like perseverance. Mm-hmm. It does, it there, does
1: work. I want to say this to, to, to attest to your actual living out your, uh, belief there. Obviously you're making good money, working for Alex Jones, a legend, and then you wanted to go out and to report in order to do so. You had to work for, for me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so you, uh, you went so many steps down to try to attain your, your, your goal. And I got to say this. Living off of $37 a week in a pack of Trident gum, you persisted, you continued, and now you're independent and the super uber famous journalist who's getting with Jordan Peterson and everybody. And that just shows it. You work really hard, but, but on the, on the, on the, on the real side though too. Um, you know, I, I think that's what I was saying with the calculatedness. And I, and I know your eagerness too, Tim, on this, but I tell people like genuinely, even now, this is why it's hard for me to comment. Like there are, compromises I've made to stay on YouTube or to stay on sites that I could be more honest or more truthful or, or say more that I have thought that the trade-off for having a stable income with my, with my family is not worth it. Like just, just so I can right now on this, you know, on this, uh, live stream, call Leah Thomas, that the pronoun, your live stream, I'm not going to risk your livelihood so that I can be right. Right. I'm not going to do that. That's different. It's your livelihood, but I'm also saying, I I understand that you got to be calculated because I always talk about this, too, that, that I see with the young people. This is why ISIS goes after the young men. Some people think that bravery is just charging the front lines in World War One. There's no reason to be cannon fodder. There's no reason to just sacrifice your life like where some people were. It's to be actually calculated because I promise this to people. The idea of like when I, I've spoken to people, I was like, well, if I don't get vaccinated, then I'm going to get fired. And I go, you're looking at this wrong. You're looking at this like you have two choices. The reality is, is that, like, I even asked someone, did you think about moving states? Did you think about moving from a for-profit to a non-profit hospital? Did you think about moving to a religious institution where the exemptions could work in a religious hospital? Have you thought about something like that where it won't work, but you could have a religious argument here at this Catholic place? And I've asked people, do you know you could change things? And also, reminder that you could also like sometimes you can actually work for a private firm which is not medical, be a consultant, be a remote nurse doing Zoom calls and whatnot, or a Zoom doctor, and you can actually do these kinds of things. So I just meant people calculate it. You don't have to go from being a a grifter or a martyr. Like yeah. you don't have to just jump the gun. There is there is a middle ground.
0: So we have Timcast.com. So everything you want to say we're gonna say in, you know, three minutes when we yeah. switch to the Timcast website. So I recognize we (laughs) we get a lot of, we get a lot of free stuff from YouTube. That's Ah! what people need to hear. You get a lot of free stuff from YouTube. They give us free advertising. I don't, I've not paid for any marketing for this show. All organic. But that means YouTube's algorithm or by choice, for some reason, we've been, we've, we've appeared and been suggested. And then I can use that to be like, okay, everybody go to our website, become members, and then we're going to have conversations that these bigger platforms don't want us to have. That way the conversations still happen. We have Steve Bannon on. He can say everything he wants. We have you guys here. We're going to go nuts in the members-only show, and that's the platform we build. And truth be told, we've been—it's—it's uh, it's way safer. We're seeing now with what uh, Dan Bongino is doing with Parallel Economy and Rumble, how they're—they're they're building up alternates, and that's what needs to happen. So, uh, I had a super chat. It's gone now. No. Because sometimes it jumps. Dang it. But the point somebody was making is that- It we, disappeared, we, but
1: it's Tim's really, really, really cool. He's the greatest human that ever existed. I think it disappeared. No, it was, but
0: we need to keep so working was, yeah. on our yep. own systems, make our own movies, make our own shows. percent yeah, Set up our own websites. If you're concerned about censorship, it doesn't mean abandon Twitter or YouTube. It means use the other platforms, Minds, for instance, and make your own website where they can't ban you from your own site. Granted- financial services and third parties can still come after you but it's time to start building infrastructure man bro I'm building
1: a website right now to try to like to try to keep myself there and every time you think you figured out another potential loophole that they could take you down it's come down to like okay so starting with building your own server
2: Dude, you can't even get emails. It's like, yeah, yeah. Mailchimp deleted, canceled. Sorry, We're bad politics. We're not going to give you your emails. You're like, great thing.
1: Start you. mails. Good. Oh, that's what I'm about. you have to go. Okay, email server, yeah, so internet provider, yeah. website hosting. Like, you go. Where's my, who? Like, owns even the website domain, and you're going through this. You're going. Wow. The reason why we haven't won this yet is because we need a lot more smart people and a lot more money, not going into nonprofits that
3: are doing nothing, but into actually for profits and things that can
1: hire people and make a change.
3: And we need to slow our thoughts down in general. I think you were saying like the age of instant gratification. And and Elijah, you were talking about how important it is to be calculating. And I think a lot of people when offered a choice A, B, they feel like they have to make the choice Mm -hmm. and you don't. Not only do you not have to answer the way people expect you to, you don't have to answer and you can think about it. You don't have to sign the contract when it's handed to you. You can read it you can take as much time as you want because it's your contract.
2: Dude, Mm -hmm. people cap themselves so much and it's insane to me. Like Again, this goes back to our entire education system. We're we're taught to be subservient to authority. People think there's only option A and B. People don't see that they can do whatever they want with their life. You can be Tim Pool if you want to, if you work hard enough. You can do whatever you want in this life. But people think it's like, well, if I'm going to be a doctor, I just have to be a doctor. That's it. I can't be good at anything else. If I'm going to be on YouTube, I just have to be a YouTuber. That's it. Nothing else. People cap themselves so much.
0: People should should watch my old youtube videos and just be like man that guy sucks. were they horrendous probably yeah really bad dude
2: the first time i was on with alex i'm like embarrassed for people to pull it up one day because it was horrific
3: yeah i was so my nervous
2: hands are like this the whole time <laughs> I'm, like, so nervous. I'm
3: like this Sorry. that's my yeah. part. that's where i'm at in my career <laughs> me too dude yeah.
2: he's, like, he's like it was horrible this is where i was like <laughs>
1: this is my current state all right let's uh <laughs> let's
0: read this one more super chat before we go to the members only we've got Brody nevis who says hey been a fan of yours and crowder since 2016 I'm 22 and I share your show and his to my family, but they still believe in the same stuff as the left and I want to leave CA. Mm. What do I do to get out of here and convince my family the left is wrong? If you can show your family that Trayvon Martin, Michael Brown, Jesse Smollett, the Covenant Kids, Russia Gate, Ahmed Arbery, the list goes on. All of those stories were proven false and they still believe it. I think it's not an issue of, I think the issue is more so they know it's not true but they don't want to admit it they're not smart enough to realize and they'll keep falling for it uh, I, I think that's what you're dealing with and if that's the case you're going to be on your own and you have to figure things out for yourself yeah you got to impress
3: them in the way that they speak the language of like when i talk to my mom i'll be like we're making world-changing social media technology and she'll be like oh that's great are you making enough money honey like she just cares mm-hmm. that i'm making money because that's her world so if you want to impress those people you need to entice them with their own language it's annoying and if you don't want to do that then don't you it's, walk away from it
0: i think uh you know bet big win big play big win big so they say casinos mm-hmm. high
2: risk high reward yeah. high risk high reward it's i true. was uh,
0: uh i lived in chicago i had an apartment i took a ride share to california with 200 bucks in cash and that's how i moved to la and then i was i was that was, it. I was homeless fortunately a friend of mine had been out there and let me crash a couple days And then I was like, just prepared to go live on the beach, but I found a job almost right away. And then I got lucky with this one. Someone let me crash at their place. So I just, I I feel like it's a question of what are you willing to sacrifice? And the more you're willing to sacrifice, the bigger risk you're willing to take, the, Mm -hmm. the bigger rewards exist for you. And for me, because I was like, honestly, don't care if I sleep outside, that gave me more freedom to find opportunities people wouldn't normally take. And if your concern is you want a stable life and you need a stable life, you're going to have a harder time scouting out and finding opportunities but you'll be stable you know you'll be safe
3: yeah, I, it's I, the I, image I, of stable though the stability is not really that real there is Australia. no, no, st- there's no,
0: there's no there's there is
1: no stability and this is not the um, you know whatever ego moment in real life, but I, I mean this genuinely. There's a reason why it is easier if you are not married and you don't have children to take certain risks. Genuinely, I'm encouraging that there's a reason why you don't see a lot of stable married people, even in this industry specifically. And in whatever you want to do to change the world, it may not be even that, that possible. Meaning I find that a lot of people that I've met who do this, for instance, had a homeless sort of pseudo homeless time of their life where they had to risk, a lot to get where they are. I mean, I lived on the YouTuber Flecka's couch. He supported me financially no, in the definitely. beginning. I didn't make any money until I could monetize my channel and get it up. He was, he came through. I mean, that guy was probably like, literally just the most clutch person I've ever seen who was like, Hey, I know what this takes, bro. Let's go ahead and do it. But for someone who left, who left California myself, I encourage you to do a few things. Number one, like go to, go to, go to my channel, slightly offensive, look up like uh, the homeless people of LA, look up why I left California, then go to the videos that are suggested after it. You will see the stories. And I'm, I have a video with like, with Fleckas where we both, I mean, I'm born and raised in California. We literally talk, about all the reasons why we're leaving. And there are videos on YouTube and they're entertaining and they're done in a funny way just to say, hey, A, B, C, and D, as you stay here and give tax dollars, you support this. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, then get out. And that's what a lot of us did. We are gonna go to the members only segment. So yes. if you haven't already smashed that like button, subscribe to this
0: channel, share the show if you really do like it. That's the most powerful thing you can do. Uh, go to timcast.com. We're gonna have up at about uh, 11 p.m. the members only show, which is gonna get very spicy. I can already, mm. I can already tell. And you can follow the show at TimCast IRL basically everywhere except TikTok where we're banned. You can follow me at TimCast basically everywhere. Elijah, you want to shout anything out?
1: Yeah. um, You know, obviously, if if you're uh, wanting to watch a podcast that is pure insanity, go to youtube.com slash slightly offensive. It has been so insane and so crazy. President Zelensky was on our last episode. Trying to shill Ukrainian vodka. It's just crazy. And wow. also, you can catch us live at, uh, 6pm Central on You Are Here. But of course, don't compete with Timcast at the hour. Uh, but we appreciate you guys and, um, and make sure you can find me on every social media and alt social media from Gab. I am on Getter and Twitter and some of the other ones. <laughs> but,
2: uh, <laughs> I, uh, but
1: I, but I, I'm, I'm pretty much everywhere where people are because I don't give a crap about the companies and as much as trying to get the content out. So follow me there slightly offensive and You Are Here.
2: Savannah? All right, guys. Uh Thank you again for having me on. You guys can go follow me. Since I've been twice banned on Twitter now, my on-the-ground reporting will live primarily on Truth Social, at Sav Says, and Instagram, at Sav with one N. I have my own YouTube channel, Sav Says. Go check it out. And I also have my own podcast called Rapid Fire with Savannah Hernandez where I talk about political commentary and my on-the-ground reporting. Also, SavSaysOfficial.com, my website. Go check it out. And, uh, again, thank you guys so much. Oh, it
3: was so much cool. fun. Thanks yeah. for you coming, man. Great. It's great to meet you finally. I know. I'm so happy. And you you guys guys are You wonderful awesome. man. I love you so much. <laughs> That Thank is the him. nicest thing. Yeah. <laughs> Tim, <laughs> I love you, too. people.
1: Tim knows this too. You, it's like some people that hate watch. Like you, like open up your DMs. It's like stuff I can't even read. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like, I can't read it. I and I always like to post. I'm like, I guess people love me so much they hate me. Yeah, that's
3: how it works. True. Yeah, oh, I have um a uh, a beat on Muse's new album which is coming out. Do you know guys know what it's called? No. What will is it? People? Will of the people. Oh,
2: nice.
3: This ah. is Tim's single. Yes. I don't know if you Tim. know that. But is there singing on is it? Just uh, I, I don't know anything about it yet. But there was the ta- the name of Tim's first single That's is Will of the, the People. Maybe. It's well, really obviously. like Matthew Bellamy saw and he
0: was like, "I he was gotta like, do Tim's it." Great Either that or
3: there's something be. about the Will of the People that we need to pay attention <laughs> to. Maybe right yeah.
1: maybe a little bit. Yeah yeah
3: yeah. Who's controlling the Will of the People? The
1: people. and You'll have to come, you'll we have to come on you'll have to come on on my show. Yeah, I'm definitely slightly offensive. So you can talk about crystals and demons. Yeah, and magic, and let's talk about space travel. Oh, we need. To do it okay I'm excited. Yeah, anyway, thank you guys both very much for coming. I just want to say before I go, this is just my two cents I have to throw out there, I appreciate what Elijah had to say about incrementally adjusting your resistance to what's going on in the world today. I think that's a great idea. I would strongly recommend doing things like saving up money, trying to make sure you're prepared for whatever happens, and then you can kind of push back according to your own personal values. You guys may follow me on Twitter and Minds.com at Sour Patch Lids.
0: I want to address just one quick super chat from Mike Doria who says that uh, he's lost access to the website, but he's still being charged. uh uh-huh there oh, okay. there there was there's an issue with PayPal that uh they can't fix I suppose and we are working to fix but it's 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 a weird time gated thing where it's like the year anniversary when people signed up something weird triggers hmm. so we are working to fix that at the same time we are also working on implementing a new alternative system that will be resilient and we're going to announce it once it's ready and it's going to be fantastic because we want to make sure we're, we're we're working with companies who believe in free speech, we want to uh, over the next you know year or so as we expand, separate ourselves from companies that hate us and start working towards and with companies that don't hate us, and that's our plan. Which means there's going to be changes to um, membership. Not for no one should really notice anything, but we're gonna we're gonna have like a new better system, and it's gonna be really really awesome. So stay tuned for that. You guys are gonna love the news that we have. But uh, that being said, we will see you all over at
3: timcast.com. Thanks for hanging out.
2: Bye.